Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast brought to you by the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. And I'm Hunter. And today we are going to be going over Gun and Slinger by Nevin Holmes, the RPG about a weapon and a wanderer where you explore a twisted planet, hunt strange bounties, and unlock hidden powers. How are you doing this morning, dude? I'm so good. It's great to see you. You know, we had we took a little week off. I uh, I got the flu so bad, um, so that's why we took yeah. a week off. So you I had was, COVID and flu this season. I have had the co. I've had COVID and flu this year. And the flu. So. At least you didn't have it together. The flu rona. Nope. Yeah. So <coughs> I have luckily so far, thank goodness, escaped both. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I'm around we'll a lot see. of children at work. You know, there's a lot yeah. of kids running around, so yeah. like I'm, I'm children not. are filthy. So yeah, disgusting. <laughs> They're disgusting. Ridden little creatures. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm around COVID patients at work. Um, That's but, very true. Yeah, luckily, you know, I have amazing coworkers, and I've been able to stay safe and and do diligence. Um, yeah, shout out your coworkers, and honestly, shout the management of your place for being so cool about it too. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, so yeah so today yeah. we're gonna be going over gun and slinger um you actually told me about gun and slinger yeah um, yeah i kind of uh, just bought it on a whim you know it was on i think it was on exalted when i got it and i just was like sure this looks cool i like the art and i got it and you know there's a lot about it that i really like so yeah it's um it's very interesting it, it is, is very interesting a, it's a very different mechanic then we've gone over on on this at all and like that i've ever played oh totally so. it's a completely unique and, and it's a completely unique mechanic and what's funny is that i actually bought a deck of uh because we're gonna go through it's a playing card game um i actually bought a deck of old western looking playing cards to play this game um but i haven't really you really will go through it but you need two people that have good chemistry i think to really enjoy this game i think um, we could play this game well but you need three people to play you, it too you know you no, no you do not well there there is in uh, you don't yeah. have to but it is written originally as three people but there is a gmless option but uh again we'll go over all of that um as we dig into the game but we're gonna start this uh, this uh this this episode this podcast you know what someone called this the other day um what? i believe it was um like Ico from the lost bay um who uh when we talked about uh, their project uh, last week on, well, two weeks ago on um, Broken Luck on uh, Kickstarter the podcast, they call this a vodcast. Cool. Hell yeah. I'm into it. I had never heard that <laughs> phrase before. Um, yeah. And I really like it because that is kind of what this is. It's a podcast, yeah. but you can totally like watch it too. Um, so podcast and vodcast. I like that. But we are going to kickstart the podcast slash vodcast. Vodcast. Um, yeah. Uh, with uh, actually, I have physical rewards I want to talk about real quick. So let's start with oh, cool. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you've received all of yours for this yet. Um, I ordered them late. I think I know what you're talking about, and I actually I put the order in late. So these bad boys right here. So cool, man. So cool. So excited. And I got so I got the um, hardback, and I got the paperback version. Uh, just in case, um, I know we talked about possibly running this on on the podcast sometime. So yeah. potential to give away this nice paperback um, if and when we run this on stream because I got a nice dope hardback right here. I also um, think I have two, and I'm not really sure how or oh, why. Yeah. 
Right. And it comes wow. with deck of cards. So so to talk about oh, I haven't even said it out loud because I keep forgetting we are a podcast as well. This is Escape Sequence Xeno uh, from Squid Ink Games. Um, it is a card-based game where you play a galactic scientist attempting to escape from a deadly alien invader that has infiltrated your space station. You must uncover the escape pod codes, find rations, activate the the rescue beacon, and arm the self-destruct sequence, escaping the station before the deadly crew finds and kills you, or the deadly creature finds and kills you, like the rest of the unfortunate crew. Um, it is single or co-op, plays in 25 to 40 minutes. Um, basically, I mean, realistically, it's alien which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, um, cool. But uh, I've read through it. The mechanics are really, really cool. And like I said, it is a card-building game. So uh, for those Love that it. are listening and not able to watch it, I'm showing a page that shows kind of a layout of, uh, of what could be a space station area. Um, and what I really like about it, too, is the game gives you multiple op- ways to play it. One, what I'm holding in my hand right now is a deck of cards. Uh, that came with the Kickstarter. So everything you need to um, play the game, including like tokens and stuff, you can actually fold and cut to turn into tokens. Same thing with like the creature. Um, Really, really cool. Here's the creature card. Um, For those that can't see, it's a very bug-like looking creature with like a bright pink, which obviously if you've ever watched our streams is a big color here. So really dig that. Yeah, What's we cool are very much into is... bright pink. Um, oh. Actually, and I'm not even kidding. I actually really like that color that we use. So, I well, I mean, I picked it for a reason. I love the older I get, the more I'm into like pink and purple. It's <laughs> fucking badass. Uh, vaporwave colors in general, like my uh, Eye Wizard Necronalis box back there. Um, but yeah. what's cool? Yeah, what's cool? Yeah, big shout out to the Eye Wizard. What big I really shout like about the Eye Wizard yeah, is, um, first of all, it's a cool game. It's a cool concept. Um, you can play with a deck of cards that you can get that you got with it. Uh, you can play with a regular deck of cards, or literally half the book is you just being able to tear the pages out and use the pages in the book to actually make everything that you need, which is super dope. Obviously, I would never do that to a book. I would never do that. Um, so maybe I'll use. No. I'm getting the black and white and the color copy. Maybe I'll do that with the black and white copy. You didn't get the deck of cards. I doesn't look like I did. Oh, maybe Does I can it order say a second it in one. the shipping. Uh, I mean, you can just look at the, your pledge that you backed. I got a full game um, book, so. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll you maybe I don't know if it's just one. Maybe I can use a POD code to, to get another one. I'll look, and if so, I'll I'll grab a deck for you because it's cool. Escape Signals, you know, the other cool thing I really loved about this project. First of all, it was relatively inexpensive. Um, my, uh, I backed it at a level that got all of these things, and I think it was only like. 10 bucks plus all the POD codes for everything, but included in that, um, it hasn't come out yet, but uh, they actually did a module called Station Xeno for Death in Space. I did see that. I did see they were doing that. Very cool. Yeah, I'm super excited to see what a Death in Space module looks like because Death in Space is very new and it's gorgeous. It's right there uh, behind me. but the the intro module is very interesting, and I'm curious what third party modules are going to look like. So excited for that! This is Escape Sequence Xeno, um, really really cool. Check out Squid Ink Games on Twitter. I believe their name is um, Inky Calamari. Is there is their Twitter handle? Uh, let me just make sure it's at the bottom of one of these updates. Yeah, Inky Calamari. Uh, check them out. They've got a lot of stuff coming out. Um, they put out some really cool stuff. So again, Escape Sequence Xeno. 
really really cool would love to play this on stream um especially hunter when you you know wrap up some school stuff that you're doing i'd really really we, we really want to yeah we really want to do a lot more uh actual play stuff so we'll see how that goes that yeah, is the I first think that of should the be, definitely should be our first one and also for the record i did pack at the ten dollar um oh good so you oh. should get the code for the the deck of cards too um also we are 100 percent going to run uh 12 years sooner than later no, as, yeah, the, as a dual thing yeah. We'll wait for my um, my new my new copy of Twelve Year to come in. We should do it then. So. Oh yeah, we'll 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 talk about that soon. I'll see if Max will let me show that on stream here soon. Um, all right. Hey, hey. Um, I need to fix that window thing. Um. So this is not what we're gonna start with here. Uh, we are going to start the kickstart the podcast uh campaign stuff in two different ways because we talked about this last week it's tiny tome two weeks ago um, we two weeks last episode last episode <laughs> um so we have uh we actually got a preview uh, uh version of this ah. yeah well, we as an i uh from longtail games uh and it again we talked about it a little bit last week is really fucking cool they previously had a, a project come out called tiny library which is the deck of cards which i recently ordered from ratty and Contati. actually i can't wait to get that but this is a book with 50 different they say single page rpgs but it spreads yeah, um definitely yeah and uh first of them all of them are really cool it's a great little project i was actually when i was messaging um Longtail games about this when i first got it you know my response to him was dude like I know like when, you know, our friends that live in a different, uh, a different area. Um, and if you and me ever get there, what I would love to do and what I could imagine doing is getting together on a Friday night, pulling out this book, literally just closing my eyes, like flipping pages and then just clicking one and then being able to just play that fucking game. And he was like, dude, that's exactly what I, um, what I wanted with the game. Same with the deck of cards, shuffle the deck of cards, draw one, you got a game to play. It's really, really, really cool. So to actually, since we previewed the physical version last time, let's go over the Kickstarter page. It's beyond funded. Um, it is at almost $20,000 on a $5,000 goal. There aren't any stretch goals on this. The more money they make, the more they're able to pay the creators and 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 do uh, future I'm things, which is that. fantastic. Honestly, I'm, I'm great with that. Like for projects, it's just like, like, yeah, if we make our stretch goals are to pay everyone more, I'm like, oh, that's really good. I'm actually super good with that. Fuck um, yeah. I think I was so, in a couple projects that really smashed their goals that were just like, yeah, we just made up new levels that were just we increased everyone's pay. I'm like, oh, everyone should do that. That should be, that should be everyone's first, like, like funding goal i i love and i love when projects do do that where they say listen everyone's paid appropriately but oh when they do the do? more we get yeah when they do do it's great when they do do um so i backed this obviously even though i got a preview copy um so uh but tiny tome 50 single page rpgs from dozens of different creators each game fits on an a5 sheet both sides so that's what it means by single page as in like front and back of a page except it's like the back and front of another one i would have said spreads but it doesn't matter um they're really really awesome games too like i've read almost the, every single game in this book it's really really well done and i love how in the beginning like the very front with the index here which is on the red side for those yeah. that can't see um it gives the name a one uh line breakdown of the game and the uh creator and the creators at most likely on twitter 
Um, so when you go through the Kickstarter page, it gives breakdowns of a lot of the pages, a lot of the games, really, really well done Kickstarter page. It's got some reviews from a lot of people that you can go check out. The Lore Mistress is one of them. She had a really, really uh, in-depth review that was um, really, really fun to read. Uh, one of the other things I really like about it, um, aside from, oh, uh, they also did go over on um, Plus 1 EXP with Tony Vicenda, obviously, because he goes over everything because he's awesome. Makes sense. Um, but uh, when we talk about especially worldwide distribution, you know, a couple of names always pop up that we're big fans of. Floating Chair Club, uh, Floating Chair Club, Ratty and Cantati, um, and then Cardboard Monster is actually, I believe it's Longtail Games, like, company? They're either associated with them or it is them, and I'm pretty sure it is them, but they are a distribution for Australia, which is really oh, cool. cool, and they also do slow funding um, through Cardboard Monster, which is really, really oh, neat. Oh, very cool. And I love slow funding. I wish, yeah. um, I'm so happy a lot more doing it. We're basically like, the game is made or whatever, um, and as soon as we sell X number, we'll print it and distribute it, um, which is super, super cool, and there's no limit on it. So if it takes you six months to get 30 copies, that's fine. Then it's funded at no loss to anybody, and then you distribute those 30 copies. Yeah, which and is it really, makes really a lot of awesome. sense, too. You know, and, and it seems very, very creator-friendly, especially smaller creators that, like, you know, frankly, are not going to put their... You know, they're on OSC and they're not going to get, you know, 100,000 in the first 24 hours, you know? Yeah, no. Um, one of the other things I really love about the Kickstarter page in general is that they actually list, in the same way that's listed in the book, the index for every game that's in it, all 50 games. Oh, cool. And if, and if you click on any of them from the page, it takes you directly to the creator's Twitter page, which is super cool way to shout out all of the creators in the project directly from the kickstarter page so um just in general from people like you and i that actually look at a lot of kickstarter pages yeah. this one is super cool and and obviously the project is very creator friendly um yeah i was about to the, say that too i think the one thing that you and i like are have started to really look for is like the creator friendly stuff like oh yeah um 100 i think it's really important you know well, you know, especially in the indie TTRPG community, you know, if you're not the world's most um, overhyped uh, role-playing game, um, it's really hard to break <laughs> into a space. <laughs> and especially when we talk, we, we just said about like small such a creators. Quiet dig, you know, oh yeah. yeah, the world's most over. Like you don't even have to say what the game is. We all know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know? Well, it was a quiet dig until you had to point it out. Um, well, but uh, but, I'm, not, but yeah. I'm not quiet. So yeah. Well, that's very true. Um, Anyway, great, great project. I mean, again, I have a preview copy, but I obviously snatched up um, uh, uh, one from the... Um, I backed this project as well. Even if I get like 10 copies of this, it, I, I, it's one of those things that we just said about the creators of the game. I want them to get... Uh, I want to support them as much as possible. And Longtail Games seems like um, a great company. Cardboard Monsters seems like a great company. So really, really want to support them. Um, and again, like we said, when there's a bunch of names on here that pop up in the um, indie TTRPG space, um, Tony Vicenda plus one, you know, Riding a Daddy, um, the uh, um, Floating Chair Club. So a lot of good people on a really interesting project. So definitely go check this out. Um, super, super excited for it. Yeah, I backed this uh, one as well, actually, because it's like... Yeah. It's 18 AU, which I think is like $12. Um, oh, that's the other thing. Canada and Australia, man. When they make games, yeah, it's Australian funny. dollar, baby. That should yeah. be hitting. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and um, uh, I believe we were talking about a little bit from the beginning of the stream when you can finally get people to break out of the um, the dragon game cult and be like, maybe I should try a different game. This would be a great fucking book to have around to be like, oh, you want to try a game? Let's do one um, totally real human adults where you can literally play as like three babies in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm really. Oh, not right. only that. Uh, you can also play as uh, a raccoon or a monkey or a chameleon or an opossum. So super fun, super cool. Uh, definitely check this out. Tiny Tome. I believe they have like 20 less than a day. So if you're watching this live, go back it. Um, and if you are listening to this after uh, Tuesday, you missed Nerd. it. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you go see. I don't know if there's going to be a, a pre-order after or uh, a, being able to late back it or buy it from the website in the future. But if you miss this, um, I know it will be distributed later, just like Tiny Library was. Go check it out. Awesome project. All right. Um, Hunter, what is your project for today? Oh, oh, what am I talking about? Oh, I'm yes. talking about something I'm very excited about. Um, I am going to be talking about uh, Cyber Plus Punk Augmented, a tabletop RPG for one-shot cyberpunk action using streamlined Forged in the Dark rules. Um, so I actually already own this game, the original version um it's a it's really great it's this very compact like um like trifold game where the gm has their own like low like trifold um pamphlet and the characters have theirs as well and i really love it it's very very rules light it's made to be like a one shot i think i just said that didn't i yeah i did cool yeah so cyber plus punk um is a tabletop rpg for one shot sessions um in the cyberpunk genre um, your character's going to play, your player character's going to play as a group of runners, um, where you're basically, you know, the scum and villainy that live on the edge of society that are doing jobs for their, you know, ultra lords or whatever. And I, the, the feel of it's just really fantastic. You know, like, your runners deal with an operator that, like, they're deniable assets and could die at any time. And, like, I'm a huge fan of Shadowrun, except I hate the rules. Um, and this is really scratches that kind of Shadowrun itch for me. Um, so with the... Um, new version um it looks like they have uh cleaned up some of the rules they've changed approach and skills to attributes and actions uh there are no playbooks um like there are in forge in the dark you kind of have character classes there's not that you kind of just like pick what you want to do and you put your stats where you want to go um they have a cleaned up how epilogues work um and you know it comes in this fucking super stylish ass box and you know i'm a I'm a little bitch for stylish ass boxes. You can ask the eye wizard. Um, but yeah, so it's an incredibly affordable project. For $8, you can get um, the digital version, which is awesome, um, which includes the GM guide, uh, player pamphlet, uh, framework, and then a couple of the additions. Um, and then for 16 I believe you get... I'm going to be honest. I don't know what the difference between 16 and the 8 is um oh unlock stretch goals no they both unlock stretch goals i don't know but then there's the 30 dollar one which is where i backed at which gets you all of the physical stuff so you get eight pamphlets all together you get one for gms you get four for players so each of your players can have their own you get the framework the prd dtr and then the plus weird which we'll go over in a second for 30 bucks super duper affordable um one of the things I really like about this project is it really blends like the actual use of technology. Like there's audio files that come with this one of all the announcements for one of the adventures. Uh, one of the ones they actually just released 
that's not quite tied with this one has you scan like QR codes and like figure out passwords to access these Google Drive files. It's really great. I really love the feel. I like that it's rules-like, and I like that it's very one-shotty. Uh, one thing I am very excited about for this one, um, they added what they called Plus Weird, um, which is kind of their, their take on Shadowrun. They add that you can add in some weird magic, psionic mutations, um, and like some otherworldly stuff. Like if you really do want to play a one-shot of Shadowrun without having to roll a bunch of fucking dice pools, uh, which I really absolutely do. Um, at this point, they've unlocked all of their stretch goals. Um, so they have uh, Mind the Gap, uh, which is a, an adventure, uh, Cyberpunk Hunters, uh, which is a new set of challenges and dynamic rewards, um, also uses some pre-made operatives, um, kind of focus characters and help quick start rules. And then Mona Rise, uh, which is a, I think it's just kind of like an urban sprawl adventure. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a lot of stuff for 30 bucks. It's really quick and easy to run. Um, and I, I just really love it. I love the aesthetic of it. I think their presentation is so cool. And, you know, going through the original version, it, 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 it reads really well and it looks like a lot of fun. So I'm stoked about yeah, this one. I'm so stoked for it. So I think they um, have, let's see, they have like 10 days left. So actually, if you're listening to this, they might have time left. Um, yeah. And if you run a group like I do, where like everyone's really moving away from long form games, you're looking for one shot stuff, this and then Tiny Tome, man, like you get these things, you guys are, have right. months of games. So, well, and there's, there's a lot of cyberpunk stuff out there, including uh, cyberpunk, but for yeah. something that's, that's really crisp and clean. I mean, if you play the original game, like you said, it's one pamphlet for players, one pamphlet for gyms, and that's it. And we, we've both talked about this much. I, I'm wrapping up a two and a half year campaign and I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, real quick to talk about the difference between the scout $8 pledge and the skilled $16 pledge. It looks like the $8 pledge is a, um, financial hardship pledge nice. so okay cool yeah always cool which is great we love that we love that yeah um we've talked oh, about you know, one right of the, the reasons end. wow i totally missed yep. that part you're right one of the reasons we put value as a score in a lot of our reviews is if it can't afford to play the game then your game is not gonna yeah. go pretty far so having and like, community honestly, copies and, and stuff is great an expensive hobby you know okay. like Maybe not yeah. as much as like um, as like Warhammer, like like tactical war games, but like you know, books fucking get expensive. You know, they do. They do. also they, they take do. up space and like space when you live in a smaller space, which I have before, is incredibly limited. And this thing yeah. is like a micro box that contains just a ton oh of my shit. God. The so. books, the 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 box looks absolutely stunning. How it kind of like folds into itself and like yeah. slots into a box. I am really box. excited though because the um this these pamphlets are eight panel, four in the front, four in the back, and the original ones six panel so they added two new panels to everything which means that's stuff yeah. but that's still like very very compact i really yeah. i'm uh, in love with this project so yeah. i the aesthetic is amazing the art looks gorgeous the prdtr is predator which looks oh, absolutely right. stunning. Predator. I love Predator. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a tag on that says "Get to the dropship," um, which is so amazing. Funny, dude. Um, I totally. Yeah. And, I, I blew past that. I, I apologize. Yeah. yeah. That's so fucking funny. I mean, they and, definitely really know what they're about like thematically oh, yeah. you know oh 100 percent, 100 and the plus weird looks sick being able to do like a like a like a magic tech dystopia looks really yeah. really cool um and again and we say his name all the time on here tony Vicento, uh plus 20 xp just did the other day a um oh they did a pl- uh, an ap didn't they they did an ap with uh with the cyberpunk creators so we're like big fans yeah. of plus one xp you know like, we should I get really some like we should say hi we should say hi yeah, to we should actually support. greet them because like we retweet yeah. each other all the time and i like you know, yeah. I back all their projects. I'm like, I really like these yeah. guys. So 
Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. We have a lot of people like that. We, I think that's just Twitter in general that like would retweet us and we retweet them. And then we've never had any contact with, but it's just like, cool. Like we're good. Um, Anyway, yeah, Cyberpunk looks sick. Super excited for this. And like you said, yeah, super really expensive for, for what looks like a really gorgeous, amazing project. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, I think the last thing that I have to talk about today is uh, a really interesting project over on GameFound instead of Kickstarter. Uh, oh. This is, yeah, Crawling Death Below the Dying Forest, a third-party Merkborg uh, book. Uh, this is from... Um, Gosh, and why is my it escaping? This is from the creator of Vastgrim. I don't oh, know gotcha. if you know Vastgrim. Um, it is the uh, Merkborg in space that um, is it Infinite Black. Yes, Infinite Black. They did. I mean, I backed Infinite Black. The first thing I ever backed by Infinite Black was the Cthulhu dice boxes um, and dice sets that I spent way too much money on. I think they're just off screen back there, but they are gorgeous. Um, but uh, so, but they put out Fast Grim uh, on GameFound with um, with uh, Brian Collin, who is the creator of this. Um, and what Crawling Death Below the Dying Forest is, uh, it's the creaky, rotting trees devoid of color that make up the dying forest that lie between the Bergen Crypt and the Unfortunate Dead. Um uh, in the Valley of the Unfortunate Dead, at the far edges of the forest, on the outskirts of those regions, are entries into a cavernous tunnel system that can allow those who dare not travel through the trees to make their way beneath them. Deep inside lies wealth beyond comprehension, all powerful magics, and an ancient evil that must be stopped. What's really interesting about this, we actually got a um, like a preview, review, like copy of this and a press kit from the creator. Uh, super cool guy. Um, oh, yeah. It is, uh, first of all, the art's amazing. Um, and we'll get to that again in a second. The cover is really interesting. Yeah, uh, it's a really cool even, cover. Yeah, even more so when you know a little bit more about it. But what's a cool thing about the project is that the dungeon underneath is an ever-shifting dungeon crawl because it's 55 rooms that you randomly roll as you go or prior, if you want to, to create the dungeon scenario that you want. Or That's that, so wild. So it's actually replayable if you, you know, I mean, obviously the final boss and stuff like that will be a little bit different, but it's 55 randomly generated rooms uh, to to uh, play the game in. 48-page uh, hardcover book, rules for randomly generating the crawl, four adventure hooks, 10 rumors, 12 creatures, three factions, six scrolls, you got relics, traps, infections, treasure tables, all sorts of really, really cool stuff. And the hardback is only $20 right now. Um, the project itself is already funded on GameFound, which is awesome to see projects funded off of Kickstarter. Uh, they're actually working their way towards stretch goals at this point. Um, but uh, it the... is interesting to see them on GameFound because it's like a it's a it's a board game site. Like the majority of the stuff on here is like a it's a board game site. But more and more, more and more non-board game projects being funded because uh, we both know that Cyber Metal funded and Cyber Metal was on GameFound. Very true. Vast Grim was on GameFound. Um, so more and more projects are moving towards GameFound. And it'll be really interesting. It'd be cool if if GameFound became like a like a kind of haven for TTRPG creators. And it'd yeah. be like board game and TTRPG as like a primary focus. And would, I mean, because Kickstarter, we love Kickstarter. But realistically, like 95% of Kickstarter is not indie games yeah or, or I've heard a lot of creators games. say that like kickstarter doesn't provide them with the tools um that right. they need 
um, which I don't know what those are because I don't, I've never had to play with me on Kickstarter, but I believe yeah. them. So, but Kickstarter is also not available in all countries and stuff either. So oh. a lot of creators can't actually do their projects. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the hardcover of this is only $20. The digital is only $10. There's a retailer pledge, um, but there are stretch goals and extra stuff. Like there's a VTT pack, which looks great. VTT assets. Um, you can actually get um, uh, a patch comes with uh, free cool. when you back it. And this is what's really, really interesting. And it's already sold. But the original uh, sculpture board, it's a panel board that's sculpted on it, is the image from the cover of the game. So they oh, actually cool. took this creature that they did this really really interesting art on and use that with some digital obviously editing to um uh put it on the cover which is really really interesting um the other thing that's really cool about this too is that brian colin um uh his children are part of the project too um i'm not gonna uh, if 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 he mentions the names on the project. That's fine. And the press kit is mentioned here. Um, but uh, it actually says that he created this with his children um, and they uh, helped him um, come up with um, like play test it and come up with the decks and things like that. So really, really interesting to have that. Um, That's really we, cool. Uh, we also saw that a little bit too with um, Kevin Rachman. Yeah. Um, how he, <laughs> he had says, his kids. He said his kids made the worst, like worst monsters needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friends kids are fucked show. up, man. Kids are fucked up. Yeah, friends of the show, Kevin Rochman. Um, so like again, guy. yeah. Oh, love, love. Yeah. Every, we have been so lucky that everyone yeah, we've had on has just been really, really such fucking cool people. A cool, yeah. yeah. You know, Johan, um, Kevin, Max, um, all, all really, really Dude, great friends of the show. Man. I'm a fucking yeah, massive Max fan. <laughs> yeah. Um all of them. So uh so yeah. Looks like a really, really amazing project. It's fun. I like I said, I actually have a preview copy of this. He sent me a link that has the initial draft of it. It's really fucking cool. Like it's cool. really fucking cool. And as like we were talking about with um run to one one shot adventures, easy to do that because you could really pick how many different rooms you want. If you want to have it be like a huge dungeon crawl, there's 55 rooms. Yeah. You, you don't even have to randomly. I mean, you could just pick the order that you want to do them in. But if you only want to run like a, a five room dungeon, boom, just roll up five rooms and go. Super, super cool. And the option for all of the digital assets, you know, obviously we're big fans of because it's 2022. Pandemic is still going on despite what most of the world thinks. So the option for only to spend $17 to get a VTT package with the VTT assets, really cool add on to that. Um, and uh, yeah, they are very close no, sorry, to a bonus you, uh, you adventure. Pandemic's over. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah the news is the pandemic's yeah. over. So, um, another <laughs> fun thing. I don't know if you've heard of this guy before, uh, but Tony Vicenda plus twenty XP uh, did an actual play with not only Brian Collin, um, but I believe it was with one of the guys from Nerdarchy, Dave, and for the show, Johan Johan Nor. Johan Nor. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another really really cool. Um, uh ap of that so pretty much everything that we have you can go just also go watch on on um plus one exp if you want to check that out so oh yeah there's the kids white and ruby like i said i didn't want to and walton wood is uh, attached to the project too and if anyone who knows anything about mark borg on twitter uh walton wood is uh is his name is all over all of it um yeah. for uh editing for a lot of mark borg projects so that uh that is 
I believe it's our Kickstarter the podcast for the uh, episode our Kickstarter today. podcast. We did it. Yeah. Good job, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Woo. 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 Um, Woo. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff. Uh, definitely go check all this stuff out. Um, and we are going to be heading into our game for the day. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and kick over that and X this window out. We are going to be going over transition. Transition to Gun and Slinger by Nevin Holmes. So Holmes. you Holmes. Holmes Slice. Um, you introduced me to the game. Um, I have read it. We talked about it. It's interesting. I have yeah. mixed feelings. Yeah, this is I definitely have... not a you game. This is not a you game at all in almost any aspect, actually. So not really listen, so here it's not necessarily not a me game. Ryan's a hater, y'all. I'm not a hater. I don't hate the game. It's interesting, and I'm not... This is one of those games where I feel like I need to play it because I yeah. don't feel like I can... Usually, with dice mechanics, even if we haven't really played the mechanic, we've rolled dice before, right? With a card-based game like this, I have no frame of reference whatsoever for how yeah. this is balanced at all. So it's really difficult to judge... Um, not to judge, to, to form an opinion. I, I'm a, but I'm, for anyone that knows me, shocker to a lot of people, I'm going to say this right now. I have strong opinions about things. What? Um, right. You? But I, you're usually but, so carefree. I know, but I like, what I like is to be well-informed before I create an opinion. And then when I feel well-informed enough, I create a strong opinion. I do not feel that in any way, shape or form, I am informed about this until we're able to sit down and play it together. Yeah, I have actually, feel, I, I've read this. I got this like before Christmas, I think. I got it in like November or something. Um, and I've read it several times and I haven't had the opportunity to run it. Um, I tried to run it with that D&D group I was with because everyone bailed one night except two guys. And I was like, oh, perfect, guys. I got the perfect game. And then they both bailed. Um, which, dude, I got like, I got special playing cards, special Western. I wonder if they're right here. They're not right here, but... Yeah, Western we'll ass playing cards for this, so we'll run it. We'll run it. What what and what's cool about this too, and we'll, we'll get to it later as we continue to go through it. This gun and slinger is not just gun and slinger. There's actually a, it's a just it's just three, right? It's three yeah, extra. So it's four total games. They are the stretch goals from the original Kickstarter project. Um, oh, that's what. Okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. So gun and slinger is the project, but then the Kickstarter goals were sword and blade, or sorry, a uh, sword and bear. Sword and bear. Uh, yeah. De was it demon and host or possessed? I think this one's just demon. I think that's the only one that's not an and. I think okay, it's just called demon. Mech and pilot. Um, mech and pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are actually all pretty good. I don't know if you read all they're of them. Really, um, I read. I actually did. Yeah, they're, they're really all, good. So. All of them are really good. And I mean, I'll, I'll save. I'll save. I'll save what I was just fixing to say until later. Um, yeah. But anyway, why don't you go ahead and uh, why don't you go ahead and and, and lead us off here with uh, Gun and Singer? Go for it. Um. I'm going to cough a lot today, y'all. I can't even tell you. All right, Gun and Slinger. Uh, we can just go ahead and scroll all the way down past this table of contents that is in, is no way um, hyperlinked, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, Gun and Slinger. A Gun and Slinger is an RPG geared for short, episodic sessions about a weapon and a wanderer. A maestro and two players, Gun and Slinger, set out into a dead planet mutated by a god's forgotten child and hunt strange bounties, investigate the world, and unlock hidden powers. During play, they seek to learn the nature of what's hunting the, uh, the slinger, figure out why the gun is sentient, and discover how the world died. That's right. 
one of you guys places a sentient fucking gun and that is pretty okay i'm pretty okay with that it reminds me of um you ever watch soul eater no oh you haven't it's a great anime um but the weapons are alive i mean they're actually people turn into weapons in that um, uh, the only thing I know about Soul Eater is that the anime is very different than the manga, is all I've heard. And apparently the Soul Eater anime happens in the same world as Fire Force, which is awesome yeah. anime I don't really care to watch. Oh, it's okay. I've watched most of Fire Force. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I will say that the manga of Soul Eater is probably better, but the show is real, still really good um, and short. I love a short anime, you know? Um, yeah. So... Moving on I'm, to this, I'm, what's up? I'm trying to move on. My 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 thing, my cursor went turned into a zoomer on uh, Adobe here, and uh, and I can't figure out how to get it back to a cursor. Oh, that's that's cute. Just yeah, just, right? uh, just click maybe. I don't know. Are but if I click, keys, it becomes a. I know, when your right? key stuck on your keyboard? No, like I just I clicked this thing here, and it became like a zoomy boy, and now the zoomy boy won't stop being a zoomy boy. Technical difficulties. Oh, we're gonna cut here we this. Go. There we go. We're gonna cut that part out. Uh, I love the, that we always say we're gonna cut it out, and I absolutely will not edit cut this it out. out. Nothing's no, ever listen, been cut from a show listen, ever. You, this is this is this this is a this is this is a pro, not a con here, guys. You're getting you get us raw. Oh you yeah, know, you this get is a hundred percent honest to us. You know. Yeah, you you all like this high you know high production value, high you know high um high end shows. Uh, Plenty of those out there is what you're saying. Plenty of those out there. Yeah, what you get from us is 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 real, real life, real. Anyway, go for it, brother. Okay, so let's scroll down to the page that says eons ago. I actually don't know if you're there because you're. I'm watching the stream and it lags just a tad. There we go. We're doing Uh, it. So first of all, let's real quick as I bring up the spread. I know you just read this part. Uh, The art. Interesting. I like this a lot. Um, It's interesting. It's like it's I love like very minimalist, um, mm-hmm. like this kind of pencil sketch thing they got going on um, where it's well, just like exactly these ruins like. and these like this fucking just hill that has something all over it. That's like brush. But like the whole part of this world is that it's kind of, everything's kind of odd and it's like eating itself. Mm-hmm. And like it's a mix of like there's desert, there's forest, but everything has been kind of fucked up by the twist, which we'll get to in a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I really dig this. It's it's clearly very like um, it looks like someone drew it out in pencil and then inked over it, but didn't erase the pencil lines, which it does add a really interesting thing to it. Yeah. But on top of that, on top of that are these like graphic-y kind of like um, like ornamentations, like these yeah. leafy bits, and then the gun and sling in a really interesting font over top of it in this cool pink color because otherwise it's all black and white. So there's like a pop to it with this really interesting kind of like very lo-fi art. Which, yeah, yeah super, it's super a cool. really good page. I actually think mm-hmm. no, it's not not the page I have behind me, but um, yeah, I really like this piece. So, and there's a lot of art pieces we're gonna go through, and I think they're really cool. And actually, this next fucking page has one. Real quick, before we start reading it, can we just appreciate the like ornamental like frame that it has, oh, and then this yeah. fucking symbol on here, um, which we see pop up a lot, and has something to do with something, and I don't remember if it says it in there because I've read this several times, um, but. And I don't remember anything ever, but I just really like this fucking symbol with the eye, with all the hands, and then like the, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So, um, 
Eons ago, the sky shattered and something ate the moon's stars, leaving us with only our sun, small cluster of planets, and a new twisted moon. Something birthed from the sky eater fell to our planet and began to twist and warp it. Um, it was the end of our world before anyone living could remember. So at some point in time, a like pseudo evil god ate all of the universe and all that's left is, is the planet you're on, a couple planets around it, and the moon, um, which is now dark and twisted. Um, and now there's the, the, the world itself is slowly becoming dark and twisted as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're on spreads. Fantastic. Um, now, many there's generations There's only spreads later, option. Listen, there's only listen, spreads option. Fantastic. Listen, I, I only listen, care about spreads. I, knock immediately on functionality. Give me fucking pages. That is, you know, that's fair. If I was reading this um, on my phone, it'd be a big pain in the ass. But I pain have, in the ass. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big boy and got the physical. Yeah, it's a nice um, book too. Oh, the cover art is sick. Really, the book is is fantastically put together. The quality of the pages is really good. They're like the it's got a glossy cover, and then the the actual paper quality is really good. Um, yeah. Sorry, we should have gone over that at first. We usually do, and I totally forgot because I'm the one today who has the physical copy. Usually, it's you. Uh, yeah, I do not have physical copies. So. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, many generations later, our people's uh, remnants wander the twisted land and fight the bioluminescent, night-crawling creatures searching our castles and city ruins for ancient magic and technology to help us survive. The brave and hopeful work to keep our pocket-sized towns together and alive. Now, many years after our stars were devoured, you find yourself searching the ruins with your new partner. I hope you find what you're looking for. I really like this. This really calls back to um, kind of Stephen King's The Gunslinger, um, in which like there's castles and there's cities, but everything's fucking ruined. I mean, there it's like demons and shit and like the Red King, but here you have like the twist. Um, and it's like the world, like the universe is terrible and everything's kind of falling apart, um, but there's still like callbacks to, uh, you know, the old times, the ancient lands yeah it's uh it's the dark tower series right? yeah the dark tower series yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so i read i read i don't i think i might have read maybe the first two maybe it's just one and i really liked it but i never finished them and it's something that's always been like at the top of my list because it's really yeah. interesting dark tower is definitely right up my alley for 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 what i want um and we talked about we'll talk about this as we go um, I, crazy that's that, why like, if we had if we had the time I could go through book by book of Stephen King and tell you which ones are linked to the Dark Tower and which ones aren't because I'm gonna tell you right now like 75% of all Stephen King novels are directly linked to the Dark Tower um, that's interesting I gotta read it, really it at some point is, it is really super interesting um, yeah I, I'm like I don't think Stephen King's like my favorite writer ever but I do like the fact that they're so linked so subtly all the time but moving forward moving on to the next page you know unless you had anything Ryan uh, no. All right, cool. We got safety tools. Um, we love to see them. Uh, we got lines, veils, um, your hard boundaries, your fade to blacks, the X card. Um, you know, we don't always deep dive these pages, but we will always stop and go, hey, you should have these discussions with your players. And if you think it's not important, you're an asshole. Um, yeah. Like, you don't know what someone's been through, and you can never assume. Like, man, woman, whatever. Like, you cannot assume what they have experienced in their life. It is fair to say, hey, this game might have these themes in them. How would you guys feel about that? Will it bother you? 
And if so, we will not have them in the game. What does bother you in the game? What do you think you're going to come across that will bother you? Um, because people are allowed to have their trauma and are allowed to, and we, we should be, you know, conscious of that, you know? Exactly. You should be a fucking human. Be a person, damn it. Yeah, not a fascist. Fuck you. Yeah, don't be a fascist. The first true human quality is empathy, y'all. Um, cool. Um, we got some acknowledgments um, and the genre land. So the acknowledgments um, are about uh, the genre land, I think, are the part we're going to go over. Um, actually, let's go over all of it. Acknowledgments really talks about like how this is an open format game to everybody and everyone's respected. Like every expression of sexuality, culture, gender, and ability, et cetera, is respected to the fullest extent. Love that shit, bro. I straight love that shit. Um, yeah. Um, when you sit down and play Gunslinger, I'm going to read this part. You agree to punch fascists and stomp, stomp on bigotry. You respect your flair, fellow players um, and their needs, concerns, and traumas. And at any point, for any reason, the player can veto narrative elements. Even if you spent something or drew cards, uh, do not use my word to justify harming others, entertainment, and safety above all. Fucking love it. Fucking love it. Um, yeah, I'm all about this side note on that. Just in general is this is what I don't get with some people, especially grognards and like the, uh, the fascist fuckhead side of, of the TTRPG scene. It's entertainment and for everybody, right? If I, if I'm not having a good time, why the, like, that's what a game is. It's for us all to have fun and have a good time. And your version of how you want things to go in your head is whatever that's your head but if i'm not having a good time because of the way that you're treating me or somebody else what the fuck's the point of it's not a game it's just you being a fuckbag you know what i mean so like this is one of the concepts that just i guess like as normal human beings you and me yeah right Man, you know that treat other people I, as normal I, human I beings fucking like ttrp it's weird because you know i've always played at tables i think other than maybe the first table i ever played at, but there was never an incident to incite uh, that one buff dude, you know what I'm talking about? His insensitivity towards people's traumas. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, other than that, like, you know, I'll, actually a lot of my tables have been pretty LGBTQ as well. So maybe that's why I'm not really, like, I've never really come across it. But man, I've read some fucking horror stories, dude. Um, Yeah. Why, you, why would you like, even play with those people? It's I not fun. Know, you, it's not, like, it's a game. Actually, I'm a firm believer that no uh, TTRPGs, like playing none at all is more fun than playing a toxic so of course it is uh, doing anything if 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 you do if there's something that you absolutely love to do and then you do it with someone who makes you feel like shit doing it you're not gonna love that thing anyway yeah that's so that's the thing aside land um so a big thing um that they're gonna talk about here is that this is technically a western um in the western genre i'll read it actually was forged from american colonialism uh colonialism's brutal expansion is a terrible time leaving deep scars and repercussions repercussions across the nation and our pop culture still uh that still reverberates today um our team uh team members would like to i'm gonna read all this because this is a good part usually i would just reference this but to respect what they're talking about we're gonna fucking read it our team members would like to thank the owners of the land we live on as we worked on our project such as the nations of i'm gonna miss fucking pronounce these but there were a, a lot of native american tribes um of eastern texas um, as well as a fucking lot of uh, like, they like name the Native American tribes for Eastern Texas, New Jersey, um, and North Illinois and North Carolina, where they all live as they're working on this. And I like love that, that they just give them a shout out. 
Um, because that, that's, you know, they, we do live on, I mean, I live in Texas. It's like, you live on island. stolen land. <laughs> I live on fucking stolen land. Um, I live on North Texas. I live on, it's the most stolen land. Um, yeah. Our dearest wishes for our project, uh, to, or our dearest wishes are for our project to separate the Western genre from its long history, um, celebrating ideals of genocide and colonialism, uh, bringing in more positive and creative energy for a healthier experience while still acknowledging associated issues. We've worked diligently towards this and hope you all, uh, you'll, you will all enjoy my bad. Um, yeah. Um, and it's just a, you know, a lot of this is just, is acknowledging that you know, Western is about the other fighting the other taming wilderness. Um, and that those are not the elements that, that they want to focus on. Um, and I think that's really beautiful. Thank you for the, like shout out them for po post this in here. Um, like, I think it's great. So, yeah, I think it's a great page. I think it's necessary. So, uh, I really, I really like that. There's, um, some of the other Westerns, I can't, I, I, I'm going to send Agamemnon to say things, think of them right off the top of my head, try to do the same thing where it's like, there are popular tropes and we are talking about, um, some aspects of it while not celebrating, you know, the, the clear totally. issues of that time period. There's a lot of tropes so. of Westerns that are enjoyable to play, but the whole fucking killing natives and like, you know, and, and beating back wilderness is not. Like that shit is not tight, homie. Like, if your dream is to like get in the game and like kill super loose, kill natives, like you need to go to therapy. And I'm not yep. saying that as an asshole. Like, I really mean it. You'll it'll make you happier in life. So, yep. moving on to agendas, baby. Agendas. Gun and slinger. Uh, put yourself in danger. Search for what you want. Leave people with stories to tell. Gun. Be an extension of the slinger's arm and an agent of the strange. Slinger. Be the hammer that sparks the gun and an agent of change. Maestro, use the twist. Uh, interestingly, create intrigue and drama. Make the world threatening. Together, do what's most important. Learn about the world. Um, escalate imminent dangers. They want you to put yourself in danger in this, and I love yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, and we have this what, really... What Go oh, no, so real quick, that's what, because it's a three-player game, real. I mean, it can be a two, but it's three. So what yeah. you're just saying with the agenda is basically the agenda um, is... <laughs> Uh, this is your this is like the one line what your kind of responsibility quote unquote as a game is because the gun is a player the slinger is a player and the maestro is the dmgm or whatever in yeah in but the it's thing. a lot so the storytelling in this is a lot more cooperative um and so oh, the maestro yeah. the maestro is very much a player in this um yeah. they're more like um uh i like when some games call them the referee instead of like a dungeon master they're not controlling yes. their narrative they're just kind of like um uh what's the word i'm looking for they are uh adjudicating Actually, I, think, I think dm stands for dookie monster yeah do, we, we talked about this before it is dookie yeah, yeah. yeah um, dookie monster. but the maestro the maestro basically just adjudicates the uh the decision making they get to flip the right. cards and, and 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 run the bad guys based on the stats and stuff like that it's not but like you said it's 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 group narrative versus someone like creating a scenario and then trying to like guide people through it so yeah absolutely cool. um yeah i really art, love that yeah um, and like the art, so the art in this page, I love, this is a very incredibly well-drawn. One of my um, favorite pieces like, in the whole book. Rifle. It looks, so you talk about the rifle or the one on the right side? Because the rifle uh, is beautiful. Rifle's cool. One on the right side. One of the best. In no, the, the one on the right side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there, but I just want us to all give it up for like, like the, the stippling, you know, the little dots on the barrel and stuff. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, but on the right side, we have this fucking awesome, strange beast. And it's such a great 
like the twist is the enemy in this game. And this is a great representation. It's like, it's like very colorful, like hot, like pink, white on this black backdrop because the, the twist comes out at night. Um, and it's fucking cool. I really like the setting of this game. I really do. Um, um, yeah, cool. Uh, moving forward, the world. Um, and we have another one of these drawings. You have a hard time scrolling again? Are you doing it? <laughs> I did it. Um, I, I didn't know. I, I lag. I can't actually tell. Um, so the lying, world, bro. We, we have another uh, great, um, like, I like that it's the full spread of this, like, drawing yep. of this campsite with, like, a rifle all, like, rested to the side. And I don't know. I really like this. I think it's really cool. cool. It really sets that kind of westerny mood and tone, you know? It does. Mm-hmm. So going on to setting elements. Pardon me. Um, Gun and Slinger takes place on a planet very different from our own. Eons after a a cataclysmic event, people continue struggling to survive. There are no stars, only the sun and the new twisted moon. Castles, cities, and townships, remnants are half buried in dirt and sand. Ghosts wander the ruins and cracks. Golden age magic and technology lie beneath it all, waiting to be exhumed and awoken. Uh, some people search for the historical pieces and others claim. Yeah, I like this. It's very, it is very, very uh, Dark Tower-esque. Um, days and nights. Days are vibrant. The last sun feeds all the plant life and it reaches. The green rolling hills thrive, drinking up sunlight and waving in the breeze. Life unmarred by the twist is beautiful and sustained. The night, though, the nights, though, um, are dim, illuminated only by the omnipresent pale blue moon. Twisted by a luminescent beast, wander and hunt, claimed by the twist, their designs extrapolated to grotesque degrees. Whether extra appendages, constantly drooling thick ichor, or additionally misplaced mouths and eyes, these hostile creatures are animated by the twist's strange new instinct. In a single word, they're wrong. Much the moon touches twists over time and whatever the sky eater left is claiming and reshaping things forms and life most travel by day whenever possible even then there's no guarantee of safety from the twist um yeah so like the twist is like slowly polluting the world and i really like that it's just this weird like it's just wrong like if you come across twist creatures like they're wrong they feel wrong they're not like natural parts of the world um, I like that there's like, but during the day, like you can go out and there's green rolling hills, there's forests, like it's beautiful. There's still, there's still like life out there, um, but there's also the other life. Yeah, but the it's the moon that's projecting the twist, right? Uh, yeah, the moon like enhance, like it slowly pushes the twist to grow. Yeah. Okay. The twist, so it, the so pale it blue moon. The twist. It, okay. Yeah. Um, lands and graves of the past. Long ago, this planet pulsed with life. Neither you nor anyone you know was around, but excuse me, you see prior society's artifacts on your travels. Castles choked by moss and ivy, hills reclaiming statues that once stood upon them, crumbling vaults and treasuries whose depths hide secret and ancient magics. Decaying infrastructure too advanced to operate to some of the Golden Age runes speak of potential to others their warning. Eons since the sky's death, the land may be beautiful, but it no longer breathes the same life. Green rolling hills are flecked with the past remnants, and new civilizations mark 
marks from the last couple hundred years are sometimes built in and around the ruins. People live in these distant, civilized pockets, surviving on whatever fertile land is available and cooperating as best they can to survive. The land is in all green hills and pleasant nature. There are forests of trees and fungus, swamps of twisted creatures, and lakes of twist-touch oil. There are massive canyons, tectonic grips that seem to scream um, for as much beauty as the world still holds, the twist is claimed and shifted in equal violent measure. Um, another like another theme at the kind of reference at the end, like when they give kind of examples of what the world's like uh, by pop culture is uh, Nazca, the Valley of the Wind, um, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic um, film that you should all watch. But it also has like, there's nature there, but it's like this toxic nature with these gigantic insects they're horrible to watch when you're on acid. Please trust me. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> uh, Ryan, would you like to take the next page so my coffee voice can get a little rest? Sure, yeah. So uh, this is talking about technology and peoples of the world. Uh, technology, infrastructure, transportation, and the like are a mismatch, a mishmash mix of steam-powered components, recovered and reverse-engineered magitech, and ill-advised attempts at harnessing the pale moon's power. While imperfect, it helped feed stories of the people's past greatness, providing much welcome aid in the fight to transcend mere survival. Travelers by horse, cart, foot, and vehicle cobbled up low-tech motorcycles and small kitbash cars, zipped from town to ruin and back, repaired and upcycled trains run on the last remaining rails. People work to recover and improve. Old crafts are passed down, parents' child, evolving as communal knowledge grows. Clothes are a mix of leather, metal, and cloth. Armor looks medieval in some locales, modern in others. If you're lucky, you might even find something magical. Um, people, farm, trade, and craft. Townships do their best to maintain a pleasant relationship with their close neighbors across dangerous wilds, knowing they'll only thrive through collaboration. Some mercenaries, bounty hunters, and others hired for coin often make or protect run between uh, between cities. Providing the coins right, nothing is really off the table. Based on remnants, it seems people traveled off-planet as made evident by a few massive crash reclaimed or hidden pockets or rockets i'm sorry presently space travel even short distance to the sister planet almost never happens most even almost provided never, means though. Almost, almost never though almost never yeah most even provided means for the sky even if you find someone able the cost for them to be willing is very high um, and what is Magitech? Magical technology. Magitech is a fusion of traditional technology like circuits, steam, electrical currents, mass and machinery with reclaimed magical remnants. They're more efficient and can do things in unusual ways. And Gun and Slinger is essentially a way to create interesting anachronistic technology uh, attributable to magi or to magic in the long past golden age. It's our equivalent of a wizard did it. Use it to make cool shit exist in your world. So I'll say from the beginning, when I first read this, and you said that it's not a game for me, um, I disagree to an extent in that it's dark and fucked up, which, you know, is my bag. Um, but when I first read this, it felt very, maybe anachronistic's the word. Yeah. Um, Technology in my head. Mismatched well, not, to time. Not even mismatched to time. It felt like the whole, like, bits and pieces were, like, cobbled together to create a setting. Um, and I was just like, I don't, I don't see how these things all go together. It's not fitting well in my head. Um, and I actually think that the, the reference you made that made it fit better in my head was Trigun. Oh, dude, this is so bro. I, when I read this about mercenaries, um, like, like protecting runs between city, I just remember the episode Trigun, um, mm-hmm. 
uh, with big neon lights or whatever. Um, I'll look it up. Uh, and like, I will tell you right now, like that would be the one of the first adventures I put you guys yeah. on if you were on this. Yeah, that that made it a lot easier because yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, that made it a lot easier in my head to put this together because, like, like we said, I haven't really read. You said that this is super Dark Tower, like this yeah, feels and, very and Dark Tower. Like, I haven't read the Dark Tower. I've actually gone over the synopsis for every book. Uh, oh, interesting. <laughs> um, and I've read um, the comics as well because I wanted to read yeah. the comic books. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, when you said uh, as soon as you said Trigon, I'm like, oh. Okay, I get the yes. Western space thing now. Now this makes sense. There is a page later that we that has like a um, like uh, like touchstones where it's like this is this, this and this. Yeah, we'll get to it. And I'll I'll give my opinion on that a little bit later. But um, so those reading it to make this page in case it didn't make sense to you or when you're reading it doesn't, uh, Trigun was my touchstone that made a lot of this be like aha clicked. So. I think that there's a lot going on here, but in my head, I see how it fits together. And like, like even Magitek, Magitek feels kind of tacked on, but it's a way for you to super, super occasionally add a piece that's just like, oh yeah, this is ancient Magitek. Doesn't matter how it works, you know. Like for me, Magitek would not exist a lot. A really great example of Magitek that you get from the go is the gun. Um, mm -hmm. The gun is a sentient fucking magic weapon. Like, there's no way it's not Magitek, you know. But it doesn't say that necessarily, but that could be part of the adventures, figuring it out. Um, but yeah, also, man, I'm just going to go back to when he gets to play as, a, play as a sentient gun, and that's the coolest shit ever. Um, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> you want to keep going? You got a little more in you? Yeah, got a little bit more in me here. Um, factions and threats. There are a few things that are, without a doubt, threats and antagonists to the world's peoples. Firstly, the twist. And all it has claimed, malevolent monsters, furious flora, and troublesome titanic beings make the wilds dangerous. The twist can influence everything, anywhere, and can even shape the world. It's constantly working towards some unknowable goal. Uh, the various independent and assemblages, the various independent assemblages beyond a township or city's general populace, bandits, mercenary companies, and other freebooters prioritizing their needs before others. Some for money, others for fame, and some simply like the thrill. There are as many of these groups as needed to fill out your world. Um, there are the scholars, curiosities innocently piqued by the twist. They go to incredible lengths to study it, attempting to decipher its cryptic unknowable ways. Wizened elders, ecstatic apprentices, and adventurous bookworms. The twist interests all kinds. Though there haven't been any major discoveries, world scholars are unyielding in their hunt for knowledge. I love this section coming up too. This is like one of my favorite parts. Not all scholars study the twist in isolation. Many study its effects on things to varying degrees. They take titles related to their specific objects of study, always appended with the, sub with the suffix keeper. These titles are collectively agreed upon by scholarly societies. Examples, Green's Keepers studies nature, Twist Keeper studies the twist in depth, Mind Keeper studies the twist mental effects and general mental health. I love that because it feels, it's one of those things, and I'm not going to be able to think of the word, that um, settles the world better. Like, yeah. it's very specific, and you go, okay, I really, this isn't just like a broad thing or something like that. This uh, feels like something very specific to that world. It right. helps with my immersion into that world. Right. Gotcha. So. And then real quick, we've kind of been flying through, but there's a lot of really good just art on these pages. Even the pages before oh, yeah. that have the Magitek and the little cart 
has this weird like robot sketch um, in the cart. And the one we're just on has like a moon and a gun and some like weird fucking plants. A really fantastic. <clears throat> so. God bless this cough. I wish it would go away. Um, cool. You want me to keep going? Are you good? Uh, no, I'm actually going to read a little bit. No. Or this is this is a this is a, a hunter main one today. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. do a lot of the reading because I I really like this game and and now rereading it again. I read reread it yesterday, the first time in like a month, and I was like oh, I really like this. Now reading it a lot, I'm like oh yeah, I really fucking like this setting. Um, <clears throat> I just think like I think there's a lot going on in this setting, but I think it really really it go I could make it go together well. I think it goes together well, and it gives you a lot of tools for different like I never run out of stuff for you guys to run into, you know. Um, right. and as we get deeper in, there's a lot more stuff for y'all to run into. Cool. Touch, uh, touchstones and tone. There's a lot of room to play in GNS setting. Uh, there are no provided cities, landmarks, or creatures. Your worlds, places, people, and possibilities are created collaboratively, uh, by everyone at the table and discovered through play. There are a few key aspects of the game world to keep in mind. So some touchstones, we have the beautiful and strange nature of uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, fantastic. The ancient civilization remnants and magic of The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Totally makes sense. There's magic tech in that game, but it's not necessarily like, there's not like a ton of magic, you know? Um, Triguns, alien landscapes, struggles, and destructive nature, and fighting for survival in harsh lands. Pitch Black's horrifying darkness and violent monsters, Subnautica's uh, alien flora and fauna, both massive and minuscule, Outer Wild's unsubtle um, existentialism, and Fireside guitar plucking. That's a good one, too. What were you going to say? Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. This was the touchstones page I was talking about, though, that with, that I said, like, this is the page of... Um... Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say something about this, so... Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. But I have to say, when I read it, it didn't. Maybe I would have put touchdowns a little bit earlier um, yeah. or something like that, because I know I read the part about Trigun, but until you actually said, because I was like complaining, I was like, why does this feel a little bit cobbled together? And you're like, because I was like, well, it's Western kind of, and there's horses and kind of, but then suddenly there's spaceships and you're like, yeah, like Trigun. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, made a little bit more sense. So. Uh, for me, the only one that doesn't work here is Pitch Black. Um, I think, why? why? I just, uh, maybe, it be, and here's the thing, is like, this game is very, very up to interpretation. For me, uh -huh. the Pitch Black monsters are not the same as like what I see in my head of these neon twist monsters. Um, but like, I guess I get like, I don't the horrifying darkness and violent monsters, I guess I do yeah, get. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like when when the whole concept of like you can kind of travel during the day, but when darkness falls, you're yeah. kind of fucked. That, I that think that's kind of that. yeah. Um also though, when it talks about the Trigon reference, alien landscapes struggle with destructive <gasps> nature and fighting for survival in harsh lands. Again, like that's not the part of Trigon that made this settle in my head better. Like the part of Trigon that made this settle in my head better was the like it feels Western, but there's clearly like technology involved, including yeah. like space travel. And you're kind of on this, this kind of like almost forgotten place. It was right. a little bit better. So maybe, sense. maybe that's what it was. Maybe there's different aspects of the touchdowns that I think, um, would have been better, better captured. Yeah. Better captured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So moving on, 
Um, at its heart, GNS's world is one of survival, mystery, and danger. Civilization has stabilized in isolated pockets within a hostile landscape. Your game may only have one major city you decide. Travel between locations is slow and arduous. People walk, ride, horses, and even ride machines cobbled together from weird magical remnants and janky technology. And uh, because I love them, uh, and for no other reason, motorcycles exist. I'm good with that. And this feels like a saying that can have motorcycles in it. I could just see the gun and slinger like riding their motorcycle across the land, you know, for a bit. Like that sounds fucking tight. Um, the world in general is pretty dangerous. Roaming nighttime creatures are far from the only threat. There are dangerous flora and fauna remnants, uh, remnant magical uh, mechanic, mechana. Yeah. Um, actual ghosts of varying hostility and bandits, or even. Uh, ruthless shithead leaders. Everyone fights to stay alive. Um, I like that they're like they reference ghosts. I would love to see a fucking like a ghost adventure in this game. You know. You know what it also kind of reminds me of a little bit in a very like disregard the main character, but look at the world is Vampire Hunter D. I still haven't seen Vampire Hunter D. Well, primarily light novels, but if you uh, you're an awful person for not watching, um, I believe it's called Bloodlust. It's a 2008 Vampire Hunter D movie. Um, It is one of my just favorite pieces of animation or or anything at all. It's absolutely stunning. You can watch it on um, uh, YouTube, but it's basically super long story short. Like vampires take over the world, and it's like ten thousand years in the future, or vampires are even having like spaceships to fly off into space and shit like that. Hell yeah! But there's like fucked up evil monsters and stuff, and you're kind of there's like in bloodlust, there's like mercenaries, and he travels on like a horse across the thing, but the horse got a demonic and stuff like that. Um, so that actually was like a touchstone for me when I was reading this, where I was like, this feels very vampire energy, and that's kind of the game that I would run a little bit with. Very cool. Oh yeah, yeah. The twist. The twist force, uh, the twists, uh, force crawls across the land, left behind and forgotten by whatever ate the sky. It touches, claims, and mutates what it wants or perhaps needs. It is hard to discern if it has a real goal, runs on instincts, or perhaps something worse. Its goal and their manifestations are discovered and formed through play. It's on every planet in this cluster taking many forms. It possesses and manipulates anything, organic, inorganic, sapient, or otherwise. It doesn't matter. It takes and reshapes things to fit its desire, whether a swarm of rats, a bandit leader, that's a cool one, or a monstrous human-slash-Venus flytrap hybrid. You decide. Um, Yeah, I like that there is a possibility for there to be a twist-human hybrid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they give us a monster example later on. It's essentially that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's actually fucking that sounds awful. That sounds awful. Um, and we're, we're like kind of de- we're, we're, we're switching over to creatures in the wild stuff here for a second. And one of the other things, again, I know I, maybe I'm sounding a little bit picky on the internet, too. Um, I do like this again, like I said, and with certain touchstones, it feels different. One of the things is in the beginning, it talks about like Western tropes a lot. And this is a Western and stuff like that. To me, realistically, twenty nine pages in, I, not very there's, westerny. There's no west. There's no western in this whatsoever. Like <laughs> you could set this at any time and not really have yeah, it be. Yeah, I western. actually super agree. I think you could set it. I think the most western thing is that you're a gunslinger, like a gun. That's it. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's not really. I mean, 
I don't know. It doesn't feel Western. And that was the other thing that like made it feel weird in my head where I was like, you read the whole beginning and it definitely talks about like, these are Western tropes and we don't want to, you know, talk about like, not talk about, but like encourage the bad parts of Western tropes and, <laughs> and the entire acknowledgement page, which is great. And then I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm still not hearing any Western. Yeah. There's it's not very, a whole lot of Western. Uh, it's very, especially when you talk about like, castles and like. Castles and Magitech and spaceships and stuff like that. I'm like, I, I get it to an extent, Western. but like. But it's not space western either. There's no western involved with it. You know. I know. But so I, I mean, I'm actually maybe, like, I'm a huge fan of westerns, except everything that they're about. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I really exactly. do love the genre. I just hate the whole like fighting the natives thing and and mm-hmm. misogyny and I hate that shit. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I just want to be a gunslinger in the west in a lawless town. Um, you know. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I super agree. I do think the like the Western part of it gets lost in this. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I would yeah, have liked a couple a, more. Yeah, a little Western bit more intros. play. Oh, okay. Someone just uh, said. Oh, uh, someone said just said Nevin oh. Holmes four twenty. <laughs> not someone. Hey. Um, yeah, yeah. It's specifically not a Western, but uses Western trips. Okay, that's a better. Yeah, which is how I that. read it. Which is one hundred percent how I read it. And also, hey, thank you for for yeah, stopping by. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, and that, and again, like when we talked about Trigon and stuff like that, because I wouldn't call Trigon a Western either. I just think there's a lot of like Western tropes in a. Um, in a very uh kind of like destroyed left behind like kind of poor world yeah um versus calling it like a western yeah um cool um the twist uh the twist can always mess with the world's other facets it can inhabit or change an environment or environmental feature during setup you'll establish a few unique ways the twist change your world um but there are two constants the twist is definitely related to the new moon um, that the thing that ate the sky left behind. There's likely more to it than that. The twist owns the night. There are a novel, largely uh, nocturnal, bioluminescent flora and fauna. Not all are aggressive, terrible horrors. Some are natural evolutions that soak up the new moonlight. Um, creatures, um, the twist touch and wild uh, in play. You have free reign to create your own creature and twist manifestations. The twist and the twist touch should be difficult, interesting encounters to keep everyone on their toes. Thanks to how Gun and Slinger works, uh, twist creatures don't require stats and their appearance and abilities are infinitely flexible. Um, they could be an entire species or type, singular, unique creatures, or even reoccurring baddies. And we have another really cool piece of art. Um, oh. Once again, like this like pencil with like pen over it. That's fucking terrifying, like mm-hmm. centipede snake monster. Um, and I really like the oh, inverted like pointy legs. Yeah, that just, like, yeah, the kind of thing you don't ugh. want to see crawling towards you guys. Um, oh at my the god, night. it's like it's like a terrible. giant demonic version of like a silver fish, which like no matter how much I know, they're fucking harmless. Like is the thing that creeps <laughs> me. The f- I, spiders in my house, I give zero shit. Silverfish in my sink, I'm freaking the fuck out. You know? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I like. There's the inverted trees at the top of the page, and up on the left side, there's more of this. Like, there is a piece of art that has looks like somebody hunting with their dog in the forest. Um, on the page, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the left side, and I just I like. Um, the color is cool when they use the pink. The set of the uh, against so those like once again the kind of pencil that. and pen drawing. Yeah, Love I really that, do man. like it. Um, 
another thing is I really like that the next, like the flora and fauna of the twist doesn't necessarily have to always be. Like sometimes it can just be a strange, beautiful thing. And I think it mm. gives your, you the ability, like if you do get stuck at light, to light or at night to not always have to be horrible for you to find some mm. like beautiful, gigantic glowing tree, you know, or whatever flora yeah. fauna, like gigantic bears or deer roaming the land. Um, you know what it reminds me of a little bit? And what's, what I also, another thing that I do like about this game is the number of times you can say, this reminds me of this a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of grounding in it. But, um, dude, I would like uh, running this. I just, I, there would never be a point where I'm out of ideas, you know? Yeah. Because, because there's, it's, there's, there's a lot of open options for, for various different things. Um, the one that I was just going to talk about was Annihilation. Oh, I still haven't seen that either. Why do you keep naming oh. stuff today I haven't seen? Bro, see stuff. Um, <laughs> But Annihilation, uh, it's hard to even describe it, but basically, like, there's this fuckery happening in this, like, bubble thing when they go in. It's super fucking weird creatures, and, like, the forest is, like, like it's hard to describe it besides, like, super fucked up and weird and alien and stuff like that. But some of it is. It's just, like, gorgeously weird. And then some of yeah. it is, like, uh, like, a weird, giant, like, toothed moose monster that voice sounds like a little kid crying. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like the, the twist really that, that to me is again, another touchdown. Uh, that's a, that, that actually would, sounds like a fucking perfect one. Actually. Yeah. Should you should, that. yeah, you should watch that. Didn't it's it win it's like got, a bunch um, of awards too? I don't know if it won a bunch of awards. It was Netflix and it had, um, I can't remember what her name is. Bro, it's got Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman. Dog, I'm Natalie there, Portman. bro. Love Natalie about Portman. To, and who doesn't love Oscar I watched, Isaac? I watched V for Vendetta last night, bro. I'm on a Portman yep. spree. Um, okay, Dude, cool. Portman, another, <laughs> bring it aside, I know this all day. Natalie Portman is beautiful, even bald. Isn't that great? Like, just, uh Hey, she's a great anyway. Padme Amidala. Um, okay, moving forward. Let's sing is a great Padme Amidala. Um, here are some manifestations I've used. Feel free to use them. And don't hesitate to make your own. Inventing a threat as a group can be good fun. Um, I love gorilla fungus. The gorilla fungus. Uh -huh. It's a fucking fungus gorilla. Um, this massive creature lives on the fungal forest outskirts. It's massive, incredibly quick, and transforms its body, bodily fungal growths into life. Sturdy armor. I didn't mean to pause there. I had to, to take a little swallow. Um, it's tougher to fight in the forest as the landscape's familiar and it instinctually gets around faster. I just love that it's a fucking gorilla that's just made of fungus, um, and that sounds terrifying. Um, and then Bandit and Helldog. And, like, I don't know what it is, but this is my favorite. Um, and there's another thing we'll reference later called, uh, I think the thing that hunts the player, um, that I also kind of see in this very similar vein of this like human twist, like sentient creature, um, bandit and hell dog, a bandit leader possessed by the twist gains various gifts manifesting as deep powers. Uh, this is less a twist creature and more a person who made a deal with something they didn't understand. They had a pet hell dog, a four foot tall fiery hound summoned with an artifact uh with an artifact a small purple coin uh the dog has a lash tongue and is almost impossible to outrun on foot terrifying love it i love i love a human that made a deal with something dark and is now a creature of that dark um mm -hmm. have you ever read um the uh wheel of time series you have that, right are you are you you're you're is that a real question? Are you being you you have right? I think I heard about it from you first. I can't remember. I was right. You have a. I was thinking of Fane from the Wheel of Time. 
Um, yeah. Like, like Thane's a lot more complicated because he makes a deal and then something tries to possess him and he becomes way worse. He becomes like three things. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, for those but, for those that uh, that are that aren't watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, uh, I showed my Wheel of Time tattoo. Um, yeah, so I read it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm reading it for the first time right now, finally, and it's um, an amazing series. So, real quick, uh, I will say Robert Jordan doesn't know how to write females. Um, he, That's super true. Oh my god, it's hard to target. He barely read. knows how to write males. So, yeah. um. But, uh, and uh, books like mm, 7 through 9 are a slog, but I will say for anyone that does want to read it, it's worth reading, and for something that ends in 13 plus thousand pages, the uh, the ending is a total payoff. Absolutely worth it. Oh, is so, it really? Absolutely. Oh, Loved it. Amazing. I was going to be so disappointed. Yeah. Sanderson fucker died. It, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, one reason I won't read anything about George R. R. Martin, I will not have another uh, rotund, bearded man who doesn't know how to finish a book die before he <laughs> writes his ending. Um, so yes, Brandon Sanderson, uh, he already had um, the it all outlined out. He had already written okay. the ending. Uh, Sanderson just took a couple of years to like fill in the parts that weren't done writing yet. Um, but um, we've really gotten off topic a lot in this episode. <laughs> I know it's two weeks out. I yeah. know we had two um, weeks off, man. Uh, so we're gonna but, keep going. Uh, uh, read real time, yeah. like I am. Um, exploration um, and daily life. This is a game of exploration and mystery. So you've got. So you're gonna travel. I almost said you've gonna travel. You're gonna travel to many places. Be sure to name everyone met and every town and outpost visited. Doing so helps build the world. Uh, further realizing it and providing places and people to return with. Um, when visiting a new town, name it and answer, what's the weather like? Uh, how are the roads? How do they stay afloat? Um, when meeting a new person, um, name them and answer, what are their pronouns? Uh, what's their worry? And what's their need? Um, I, a big thing, so a big reason why I haven't really jumped on and playing this game is because I really want to play it with two other people who are comfortable with storytelling because there's such a collaborative feel to everything you do here um, that I, I want people who are like, like, you know, newer TTRPG players and always confident in their decision-making uh, to make like, I mean, there's a lot of like uh, improv, you know, a lot of this will be context. contextual yeah. like improv. And I really want like two of the people to play this that are very comfortable being like, this is this. And I'll be like, fuck yeah, that's that. Let's do that. You know? Yeah. Well, it's hard. Like when you try to get someone like, um, like my wife, right. To, to play, um, a tabletop RPG, like say like classic, you know, uh, whatever white middle evil or medieval yeah. Anglo-Saxon bullshit, you know what I mean? Standard fantasy fair. Who's never read a bunch of fantasy books or watched a bunch of fantasy movies and doesn't understand the tropes at all. Yeah. Like it's hard to, for them to even know, like, what to do or to have like context of the things you're doing at all. So when you play, you know, I love 2d6 games where, but a lot of that gives a lot of um, impetus onto both the players and the GM to like create. It's hard yes. with new players in those systems when they have no context for like, you get paralysis of choice. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I can literally do anything. So like, what do I do um, yeah. without choice some paralysis context? Is definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I completely hear what you're saying. Uh, it, it, if, if people that have encountered some of these touchdowns and played a narrative game similar to this would be a great, great yeah, people to do this. I, like, 
Yeah. I think this would be such a fun game to play. And I have this fucking cool deck of cards that I bought just to play this fucking game. And I want to use those goddamn cards. I don't even know where they are right now, frankly. Um, <clears throat> cool. Um, doing things and resolution. Um, so uh, the player and maestro are participating in Go Fish, uh, notably modified to fit RPG structure. Love that opening because we all know how to play Go Fish. Um, when a player wants to do something under pressure or with an uncertain outcome, the maestro can request a check. The player then asks either the maestro or, an, or the other player if they have a particular card. Hey, gun, do you have any fives? The person who is asked must answer truthfully if they have any cards of that value. They are handed to the petitioner. Um, if not, they asked, uh, the asker draws a card from the deck. If at any point um, someone's hand contains a pair, two cards of, some, of a match value, um, it is set face down on the table in front of them. Um, the maestro does not make pairs, keeping all their uh, hands cards. Um, that reads a lot like a rule to me that came out in playtesting. You know what I mean? Like, I have yet to like really like I I we um, I might need to read through the rules as we go through and there might be a uh, a standard reason but th I read that and I was like oh you guys figure out something playtesting huh um, this area is called or maybe that's a rule of go fish that I don't know because I've only played as a child um, uh, but this is a uh, this area is called their cache um, and pairs remain here until used players may peek at their own pairs whenever uh, but not anyone else's after the player makes the check. Um, after the player making the check requests a card and either receives or draws one, the maestro reveals the check's difficulty um, <clears throat> and cost. This is an easy check. Doing it costs four. Um, and then the player either pays uh, with a pair, uh, requests a bargain, or accepts failure. A check's cost um, and occurrence is the maestro's de decision. The maestro should rely on situational context and their judgment determining determining uh, when a check is appropriate. Some good um, heuristics, heuristics, what am I, why am I having a hard time with words? Yeah. There we go. For requesting a, a check is when the outcome is uncertain, uh, there is immediate pressure, failure or mixed success provides interesting narrative outcomes. Um, important notes about pairs. A pair has its single card value, so a pair of fives is a five. Um, the total value paid is the pair's value plus your relevant stat. Um, oh, that's right. With pairs, you can add your relevant stat. There we go. Um, you can exceed rather than exactly pay the cost. Um, other actions happen with checks. See basic moves on page 35. Um, we're going to how to treat stats. And we are going to take a... What's up? We're going to take, here we you go. We're going to sing today, baby. We are, yeah, got uh, it. We're going to yeah. take a quick five-minute break right here because Ryan and I both have to pee. <laughs> there we go. So we will be right back. Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, do us a favor and give us a nice rating or review on whatever podcast service you're listening on. You can check out all of our info on our website at theadventurearchive.net. You can also find us on Instagram at the.weekly.scroll, where we post our game review scores, Kickstart the Podcast recaps, and info about upcoming episodes. We're also active on Twitter at weekly underscore scroll. 
You can watch some VODs of all our episodes, as well as all of our actual play games on our YouTube at The Adventure Archive, or even catch us live on Twitch every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central. And now, we'll get back to our episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. We're, We're going over Gun and Slinger from Nevin Holmes. So, uh, we are uh, digging more into the mechanics. Last time we just talked about the resolution of things, and we were talking about how to treat stats now. Uh, your stats are intentionally flexible and interpretive. While geared towards a few fairly obvious actions, they have a wide variety of uses. Um, you focus on the task that you want to do and then work backwards to determine the task, which is really how you should do most games, which is just fucking tell me what you want to do. Don't look at your powers. Don't look at your <laughs> fucking stats. What do you fucking want to do, man? Just tell me what you want to do. We'll figure it out. Um, if you don't have a situationally relevant stat or you can't agree, uh, make the check without a modifying stat. So when you make a check, always add your relevant stat, i.e. one, uh, I spend a three pair for a check on my light on my toes stat is a two. So the stat is, so it's a two plus three on your pair equals a five, right? So your stats are two, you put down a pair of threes, so you get a five. That's how it works. So well, it looks like to me, what I'm getting is like, you know, you only are able to add the stat to pairs. Like, so if you have well, you a play pair, pairs, you play um, pairs. Oh, you can only play pairs. Well, it's not that you can only play pairs. There are options to. So going back to the mechanic parts, basically, um, uh, what's it say at the top? Uh, the person who is asked must answer. To, so when a player wants to do something under pressure or in an uncertain outcome, the maestro requests check. So the player then asks the maestro or the other player if they have a particular card. So you literally say, do so you, you have any fives? For pairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And if the person says no, um, you draw. Uh, they draw a card. Yeah. And then if at any point someone's hand contains a pair, it can it is set face down on the table so basically you can have a number of car pairs yeah. face down in front of you but if you don't have any pairs and you have to play for a check right so then that's when uh there's a section down here um you you either play a pair request a bargain or accept failure so we'll get to bargains uh, a little bit okay. later so you yeah, can, yeah, yeah. okay gotcha gotcha totally yeah. did not and internalize that yeah and there is options when we get later um for the gun if you're short on your pair to add a single card and we'll get to we'll get to that too but you also add your stats too so if you know that you know the it's a it's a it's a four and you only have a pair of twos but you know you have a two in the thing you can just know that you can just play your twos so you can keep your higher cards for later yeah. if your stats will get there um so the starting stats and examples of use which is interesting i, I like these because they're not just like deception or whatever so no, uh, for the, they're, they're very yeah. variable in their interpretation and i really yeah. like that i love that um again it reminds me of like uh orbital blues um in yeah. that like when they say grit you know what grit is but it's, it's still a wide thing that you can yeah. do with it so um for the gun you get embodiment of magic so the gun's relationship with magic how good are they at it how much do they know um how usable it is uh it's usable for magic adjacent checks sharp for a gun cracks me up a little bit how it's clever are you one yeah how smart how and how physically sharp uh <laughs> primarily concerned with quick wits and knowledge but if you want can be taken literally um and just a little bit mean are you an angry gun intimidating short-tempered this covers all of the all of those and anything else you can imagine basically it's your catch-all kind of like your gun stat um and then for the slinger i've been around how much have you traveled 
been a lot of places, learned a lot of things, consider the measure of consider this measure of worldly knowledge. Um, and also uh, used for reading people. Um, good in a fight, maybe you're more brawn than brain, usable for fist fight or intimidation. Um, and light on my toes, how fast are you? How good at sneaking? Um, it could also be for maintaining footing and balance on, I don't know. I think this was a miss in editing unless it travels onto another pager, paper. Nope, it does not. Yeah, I noticed this when I was reading it. It's just balancing on something. Um, I, I would actually also say for me personally that if my player, um, I'll actually see if that misprints the book as well. For my players, if like they tried to use a lot of my toes in conversation, I'd let them. You know? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, again, they're yeah, very this, broad. This game is really like, no, just you should like, why would like, why wouldn't you let them do that for that? You yeah. know, if you can, this is definitely, sense. yeah, this is definitely a, a really, really heavy, like rulings over rules. Um, so I love this because as soon on as I read on shaky ground, it's not in the book. So ah, the gotcha. PDF. On shaky ground. Cool. Good. We love that. It'd be yeah. great if the PDF was we, updated. Yeah. Bike and Despot had the same thing. A couple of errors. They were not in the book. So good job, final editors. Um, this was very necessary because after those last two pages, because it's such a different mechanic, my yeah. brain went, what? Um, so what you get on this page is simplified check steps. One through eight. Number one, the slinger says they attempt sneaking past someone. Number two, the meister decides this requires a check, meaning the slinger must go fish. Um, I kind of wish they like it's a go fish mechanic. I get it, but I wish that they had come up with like a different verbiage. Yeah. Like I don't like that it says go fish. I wish it would have been something <laughs> else. Um, uh, number three, the slinger asks the maestro or the gun if they have a card, but they don't. The slinger draw number four. The slinger draws from the deck, completing a pair and placing it in their cache. Okay. Number five, the maestro says the check is hard, so it costs eleven. Number six, the slinger plays a seven pair, adding their light on your feet stat for a nine. And something that I don't think has come up yet. Um, number seven, the gun aids by paying a single two, tying the cost. So the gun okay. can always aid by just pay, by paying a single because a slinger has to make pairs. The gun can add singles. And number eight. Their narrative moves forward with a normal success. So that is the steps of, of the game. Love real it. quick again, real quick again. I, as a slinger, want to do something. And then you, as a maestro, say, okay, for that, you're going to need a check. That's 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 more than just something super easy. So I say, okay, um, I have a six in my hand. Do uh, Gun, do you have a six? Gun says no. And I say, okay. So then I draw a card. And when I draw a card, I'm able to put a pair together... All right, I got, uh, might not be my six, but I get two fives. I put the fives down in front of me. And at that point, the maestro goes, okay, your check is a hard check that's going to be an 11. And I say, okay, in my cash, I have two sevens. So I have the two sevens, um, and I know my stat is a plus two, so I have a nine. And the gun, knowing that I just played that seven, drops another two to make an 11 and weave together as a gun and slinger succeed. Pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Yeah, it really you, is pretty yeah. straightforward. Um, I, I, the, this example of play, absolutely fucking necessary for a mechanic that everyone kind of, everyone's kind of played go fish, but not an RPG is really, really important. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, really it's, you know, I, I can't tell you how many RPGs I own or you own at this point. I don't have a single one that has playing cards other than this. So I like it. Uh, 
no i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of like solo rpgs that are like playing card bases like that but yes no multiplayer where the entire mechanic is just is just cards for sure um basic moves face moves and a couple of notes so uh, recovering from damage players heal up restock and regain half of all used twist and connection if they're in a safe place when a session ends not if you win in an intense cliffhanger like a Mrs. shootout so as a heuristic uh, camping somewhere relatively safe means you'll heal. You can also recover using items, paying a doctor, blah, blah, blah. Um, giving aid, players can aid each other once per check by describing how they're assisting and paying a single from their hand, adding to the total paid. So that is something that's always an option because I I, I think I said just the singer does that, but I think the gun and the singer yeah, both have turns. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can always aid your um, ally once per check by dropping a single. I wonder how much... And I don't think it says it in here. I could be completely wrong. How much talking would you allow at the table? I mean, the gunner singer work together, and I assume there's like a telekinetic link. So if I say, I would, oh, I would always assume with these two, they have a telekinetic link. Like, mm -hmm. so I would allow, I would allow quite a bit, honestly, in this game. So um, if you're saying like, all right, we know it's eleven gun, all right, all I got's a pair of sevens, and uh, my stats a two, so all I got's a nine. Do you have at least a two? You'd be willing to drop. And then the gun would be like, fuck yeah, I got a two for you. You would allow that in play. I don't know, actually. Um, I, I think I would. Because I think that that is a mechanical version of telekinetic, telepathic communication. Because I imagine, like, in world, it would basically be like, like, a part of your brain goes, I need your fucking help, you got me? And the gun yeah. goes, fuck yeah, I do. And Good. then, boom, that's a two. That's I would do, do whatever was most fun for everyone at the table with, that I was playing with. If I was playing with two other people that did not want to play like that, I'd be like, fine, we don't have to play like that at all. And if I was playing, yeah, I like everything else, I'm fine with whatever, however this ends yeah. up, you know? I might also sometimes play as a pissy gun that doesn't like my slinger and be like, nope. Nope. I'm not I talking. Mean, the gun can't be fired without, the, without its, uh, its consent, yeah. so. Yeah. Um... Uh, blind pay, pay and play come up a bunch in this and it, it, it tweaks my head a little bit sometimes because I want to say play a bunch, but it's pay because I want to yeah. say a, a, a blind play, uh, but it's a pay cause you're paying a fee. Uh, so this is another option, a blind pay to blind pay both players, both players place a single from their hand face down, obscuring their respective cards before simultaneously revealing and combining their value. A blind pay's difficulty is calculated as follows. The maestro sets a difficulty based on the ranges below and flips the deck's top card, the modifier, adding it to the blind pay's total. Blind pays are always used when players attempt to shoot something, but the maestro can always call 4-1 for simultaneous gun and slinger actions. So number one, the maestro declares a blind pay and sets a difficulty. Number two, the maestro flips the deck's top card, the modifier card. Number three, the players play a single face-down card from their hand, trying combined to exceed the difficulty without busting. It's blackjack. It's blackjack. You it's go blackjack. from gofish to blackjack. Yeah, yeah you go and from together, go to blackjack. You go from together, one game that's easy to understand to another game that's also very easy to understand. So Yeah, it's just about making that understanding fit within the concept of the game. But it's uh, you have to go over without going... You have to... Be, yeah, the number without going over, which basically, yeah, yes. because the maestro flips or sets a difficulty um, instead right. of just flipping the top card. So if they say it's an 11, you have to get between 11 and 21. 
without and that's when I would not allow them to talk to each other for sure. Oh yeah, no, they're gonna fucking they're gonna they're gonna play a face down card and not say anything to each other. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, every blind pay has a set difficulty based on context. And if the total of the players and modifier cards ties or exceeds, it's successful. Um, if it goes over a bust, easy is a 14, medium is a 16, hard is an 18. Um, if blind in blind pays, face cards are worth 10, aces are worth one or 11. Uh, one player may choose to add the relevant stats to a blind pay after revealing the cards and scoring a 21 exactly is a pure success as with aces. So again, it's fucking blackjack and there's blackjack. Like 14, 16, 18. It's fantastic. It's fucking blackjack. <laughs> I, it's 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 it is it's interesting um do you want to i yes because example play is super important um and this is with a maestro list and with maestro options so in a gymless game blind pays work similarly uh the deck's top card is flipped to determine the difficulty i like that yeah more, even more so than the maestro choosing the difficulty um, then another is flipped as modifier to the player's total. Instead of setting the difficulty, the first... So wait a minute, real quick. You flip... We each lay a card down, but the maestro flips over the modifier card too. So it's the combination of all three cards, right? Well, you're saying with, with the maestro in-game? With the maestro in-game, it's three totals for under 21, right? Well, let's read it with the maestro and we'll find out. Yeah, um, instead of seeing the difficulty, <laughs> the first the revealed. Play, so. Yeah, let's read with the maestro first, and then we'll do it without. The duo wants to shoot a twist spider rushing from the tree line. The maestro takes the situation into account. The spider's fast, it's dark. States the difficulty is medium, meaning the duo needs to hit a 16 um, between their cards and the modifier card without. A yes, that's it. The maestro flips the deck's top card, revealing a five, which is added to whatever the duo plays. Accounting for this. Each plays a face-down single from their hand and simultaneously flip them, a 5 and a 6. 5 plus 6 plus 5 is a modifier of 16. They just made it, and they blast the Twist Spider out of the air. So yes, but you know the modifier first. Right. Which kind of makes the modifier... A, well, I don't understand the point of the modifier card, I guess. Is, 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 is it just to add a little bit of like if it's a really high card you have to play low cards if they're low cards you got to play high cards and here's like, the thing is that i don't have context for this because i have not right? played a game like this so i can't make right? a call on like whether or not i think it's useful or useless because i've never fucking played a game like this which means that we're about to rank we're going to rate this game at the end and we're going to rate the rules and then we're going to play this and change what we've rated the rules oh 100 no like the rating that it's is appropriate because we don't have context for it yeah. Um, we're basically going to give it like a, like a yeah we're going to give it like a um more of like a cool or like how cool we think this is and how interesting we think it could be rating versus yeah. like an accurate but and um the other thing i is just like, don't this is, this is obviously no. a play tested game that they that they i mean he, i think they even they talk about that at the beginning of the book it's like they played this so there are decisions made that were for a reason no. um but like as somebody who hasn't played it yet like i can't even begin to tell yeah. you know I'm just curious. I'm just curious about the reason for the modifier card. If you know it beforehand and your single cards take that number into account, is it necessary to have? I'm curious about the the necessity for the modifier card as opposed to just then playing in the cards without that modifier. And if it is a way to add a little bit of um, uh, chaos into it, because basically, again, if the first, if it's a two. And you have to get to an eighteen. You have to play high cards, right? But if it's a if it's a if it's a nine, and and you're blind playing two cards, 
you're not sure. So it definitely injects a sense of of uh, uncertainty, I guess, yeah. into it. Oh, here we go. Fork 20. The modifier is mostly there to add mix-up. Exactly. To add some mix-up okay. in play to kind of signify uh, the chaos of ever-changing situations. Ryan, you are spot on. Thank you so much. So yeah, so so it 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 you it you flip it to like he just said give a give a, a twist in it because otherwise if you're if all you need to go is over sixteen to get to twenty one both both players kind of are like ooh like what are like we have to get to this technically you have to get to under face card twenty one but here's the thing that's the thing though if that's the case though basically anything that's not a face card especially for easy. If you both know that, like, because a nine and a nine will never break a twenty-one, you know what I'm saying? But if the face card flips over and it's a seven, you have no idea what the other person has and how they might try to take the seven into account. So it definitely uh, twists it up a little bit. That's interesting. Yeah, very cool. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, and then the only difference with the maestro list one is that no one sets the difficulty. You flip over the top card, and that's the difficulty. Um, and then you flip over the next card, and that's the modifier, and you keep going. Oh, awesome. Love it. But when do you play, when do you do a blind pay versus, Attack. oh, blind pay is always attacks. Blind pay is attacks. only for shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to take over Wait, on Bargains sense, and Facebooks? Because, like, in regular checks, you play two cards, your pair, right. right, as a check. And as blind pay, it's you and the slinger working together, so you both pay in one card, so two cards are still being played. Right, right, right. So right. consistently, because two cards are still being played. Because the slinger gets a turn, the gun gets a turn, but when you're firing the gun, both have to work together. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, do you want to go to bargains? Or you want me to keep going? Uh, hold on, I'm reading this message from uh, Devin Holmes. No. Hell yeah. Thank oh, you so much for coming. Yeah. We, we're really enjoying reading the game. And also, it's nice to yeah, always yeah, have yeah. a creator in here when we have a question. Oh, so. dude. I, we, I mean, it's it's numerous times we've had the creator pop in, and it's just it's so amazing to... I mean, we, we just do this because we like reading the stuff, and it's cool to hear the person um, comment. We're so, no yeah, one. Absolutely. Our opinions don't matter for shit. We're fucking no one. We're a couple assholes <laughs> with terrible opinions. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. We'll try to we'll try to do it justice as we keep going. Um. So, yeah. Do you, uh, you want to... Uh, yeah, I'll take over for bargains. Cool. Um, yeah, so basically, if you're, um, you know, if your player lacks a pair or can't, you know, make the check costs, um, you can, um, you know, do a bargain. Um, if the player has a face card uh, to give to the maestro, the check is a baseline success. So you can just give him a king, and you're good to go. Um, mm-hmm. Which kind of makes face cards very powerful. Actually, face cards are pretty powerful in this game. Oh yeah, um, they're already so it's a big. It's I mean we're literally fixing to go to the face cards and they're yeah. super cool so to lose one it kind of sucks um yeah if 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 they cannot um or don't want to um it becomes a blind pay um resulting in failure or limited success so you can either bargain by giving up a face card um, or you can not do that and do a blind pay but the blind pay only has the best result of a limited success with complications um I'm sorry, I was reading something. A, uh, a bargain's blind pay is never a standard success. It's never a standard success. So, yeah, you can either pay the face card um, or die. No, or, uh, you know, or do the blind pay and get a success with complications. Kind of like a... Or just um, take a fail. 
or just take the fail. Yeah, you can just yeah, or just suck. You know, um, face cards. Um, face cards do not pair. The king is a symbol of luck. You used to see any check, um, including another player's. Nope. Queen, a symbol that thrives in every environment and can be uh, paired with any non-face single to produce a pair. So you can force a pair, essentially, with a queen. Um, mm-hmm. Jack um, is, uh, is a symbol that knows a good deal when they see it. Uh, play one uh, play play one anytime to draw three cards. Um, you can just at any point in time you can lay out at any point in time you can lay out Jack and just pull three cards. Pretty cool. Um, Ace is symbol to uh, a symbol that's always good to have up your sleeve. Playing with one is a major success with an extra effect. So if you play with Nate, it's a major success. Plus you can um, gain extra insight, pose a question to the table, and collaboratively answer. Um, or uh, you gain or maintain the upper hand um, determined collectively, um, or uh, your result improves uh, remarkably. Um, you know, you don't just shoot the thing, you, you blow it away, or you don't just, you know, trick them, you fool them completely or whatever. Um, if your hand is empty, you draw three. Um, and we're moving on. Also, we're still going through it, but man, the art is all over this page. Every page has art on you know, every single page. We haven't gone through a single page that doesn't have art on. Um, which, shout out. You know, I love that. Um, combat and action. So, more or less, um, there is not a strict turn-based function to combat in this game. It is a theater of the mind um, where, like, there's kind of a responsive flow. It, it, you're, you're playing out like a cinematic, um, essentially, right? Um, and the fiction kind of decides the order and what happens um, rather than a roll of the dice or any hard stat. <clears throat> As players take action, the situation evolves and changes. Um, player Characters can react to outcomes um, dictated by their own goals. Um, for example, uh, players in a tense saloon may attack a bandit outcome dependent. The bandit could go down before the counterattacking, or someone in the room may miss, uh, or someone in the room may step in if they miss. Um, yeah, the combat is very much not your turn-based D&D combat. It is like a, what do you guys want to do? Okay, well, then this is going to happen after that, or this thing gets the jump on you. The narrative decides combat speed, essentially. Um, as with any other scene, the maestro and players should freely discuss ongoing combat actions. If you're unsure what happens next, talk it out. Um, it's cool. I like that. I get fine. I mean, I'm over super strict turn-based combat it is it is uh, arduous and uh, can be difficult um yeah pain cool. in the dick. what's up yeah big pain in the dick especially if you have like you know a few people who are bad at decision making uh, oh my god and then and if all you do to make something harder realistically is just add 400 more hp to it, it it's just it's a fucking slog yeah this is cool like you know spider drops down it attacks you guys you know then you take a shot at it, you miss your shot, or you hit your shot, and we just kind of go from there. I really like that. Um, this definitely, I mean, there's a whole page on combat and action, but this does not feel like a combat game. You know what I mean? It's like, not. Like, D&D, especially 5e, like, however far they've gotten away from the war game roots that it had, you know, Chainmail, Blackmore, all that kind of stuff, it's it's still a fucking combat game, like, is what it is. It's, it's... um this and i we all we love games like this where combat is in the game but it is not a combat game 
Right. So I like this where basically like the spider jumps out, you shoot it, you shoot it, it's dead. Like you did the thing that you did. You know what I mean? Like, and you move on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Uh, we're moving on to, uh, once again, just love the art. Um, and then moving on to shooting, killing, and other violent uh, acts. Um, yeah, you know, you can, this basically, you can cause violence. You can, and it's simple to do, but there are repercussions. Um, always consider other options. You gain next to nothing harming someone or something. Um, and I love that. If this game isn't about being violent. This game is about exploration of a weird world. Um, and maybe some treasure hunting. Um, That's why it kind of yeah. gives me a little bit of a, um, a touch on Into the Odd. Because yeah, totally. Into the Odd is not a combat game. That's why you always hit. Because it's just like, it's, it's just kind of like narrative, very, um, very, uh, well, it's an exploration game that yeah. has combat in it. It's a treasure hunting the scenes, exploration yeah. game. The scenes that when you're fighting, it's just like, cool, like get through the fighting. Like everyone does cool stuff. Just do your cool stuff and move on, um, which is which is neat. So, um, yeah. So uh, the gun obviously cannot be fired unless Gunslinger agree. Um, and it's always a blind pay um, baseline um, attacking with the gunner. All otherwise is medium difficulty five to eight. Um, but in a given situation, it can be easier or harder. Um, when the player is attacked, they must pass check with the same baseline to avoid being hit. Um, totally makes sense. Uh, single hit, uh, defeats a regular enemy. It's a fucking gun. If you shoot thing with a gun, it dies. Uh, but the more twist touch, um, or those protected by armor or other means might take a little bit more than a single hit. Um, yeah. Uh, when defeating an enemy with gunfire, the gun draws a card. Otherwise the slinger draws. Um, yeah. So very straightforward. A gun shoots things and it dies. And that's why this is a, not a combat game because it actually treats yeah. the gun like it's a fucking gun. And when like you shoot someone gun. with your gun, they're not, they don't have another turn after that, bro. They're going to die. They're down. Mm -hmm. So I like, I do like though that, that, um, that very last thing, when you defeat an enemy, you get to draw a card because otherwise you don't really have a lot of cards in your hand, except for there was a face card that lets you draw like bonus cards, right? Was it the jack that let you get like three cards? Yes, was I jack making lets that you up? draw three okay. cards. Because you have to build up that cash, son. Yeah, you know, you really do. Um, harm for the slinger. Um, whenever the slinger um, fails to avoid getting hit, they take one scrape. They mark one scrape on their character sheet. Um, the character sheets are really interesting. I'm actually stoked to go over them. Um, if all their scripts are marked and they're hit, um, they invent and write down a situationally appropriate major injury. Exceeding two major injuries is fatal. Um, so you have several scrapes. Once you max them out, you get a fatal injury or a major injury. Two major injuries are gonna kill you. Um, um, what's up? This is this is it's another example of though that I don't think this is a game for beginners. Like it relies heavily on the players and the maestro. And like you said, you need a good group of people to play yeah. with. The whole like like if all the scripts are marked down, invent a major injury. Like yeah. I feel like newer players are gonna have that like you know uh, choice paralysis kind of thing. Like, yeah. but what's made like like what like like what's major injury? Like you know what I mean? So I definitely think this is a, a game designed by a game designer uh, who's played a lot of games, and the yeah. people that play it have probably played a lot of games, which is not a bad thing. No, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I you know when there are so many games out to open the door to people who want to hop into playing tabletop games. 
And I kind of like occasionally having one. It's like, no, this is, this is, I mean, a beginner could play this, but two, two beginners and a maestro could not play this, you know, you need at I least mean, they, two, two decently yeah. experienced TTRPG players and, you know, one newbie. I think, I think they absolutely could, but I think to really get the full potential of this game, yes. um, yeah, well, it's kind of like kingdoms, you know what I mean? Well, we're like, this is yeah. amazing, but there yeah. are very specific people I would have played this yeah, with. You know what I mean? This I is not, not a game for everybody. everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, death in the Swiss world, the marred world, death isn't uh, always final. Uh, if you're really attached to your character and their um, collaborative uh, story, you can strike a bargain with something beyond your understanding. Um, <clears throat> every time you die, essentially you're affected by the twist. You're twisted. Um, and it kind of, the, the slinger has this thing where they're like somehow connected to the twist and by drawing on the twist power, um, it's not a great thing. Um, so every time you die, you can come back, you can be resurrected, but you're twisted. Um, it should never, resurrection should never be simple, um, or hand waved. Um, yeah, so there should be something you give up or something happens because you come back. Uh, when it's, oh, yeah, that's right. When a Slinger is resurrected, they're going to mark one of their twist track points, and this can never be cleared. So you have twist track points for using your abilities as a Slinger, um, but they, go, you, they refresh after a time, right, or after certain actions. Um, but if you use it to resurrect, you gain a mark on there that never goes away. Um, additionally, the table must decide how the twist uh, physically transforms you. Um, this isn't ne necessarily a negative, but it's noticeable. And here's some examples. Uh, transformed eyes with stars inside. Cat-like ears. You can be a little, you can be your finally live your cat boy girl. dreams. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. yeah, cat boy or girl dreams. Um, uh, a, mark, uh, a marked arm with a growing curse. That sounds fucking sick. Um, backward bent legs. That sounds awful. This one's fucking narrow. <laughs> you have fucking goat legs. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Or like, uh, what's that one? Um, fuck, I'll think of it eventually. That's a H.P. Lovecraft guy character um, who's got goat legs, essentially. Yeah. Um, trading favors, getting hung up on tracking dollars and donuts. You listen. You, you, what? 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 For those for those that can't hear me clapping because I use NVIDIA broadcast, Nevin Holmes, I love you for this. It's my favorite line in the entire thing. What they they just they have you don't track money, you know? You don't track money, fuck money. You don't don't give me a list of eight thousand. It's, it's assumed that you have enough money to survive and have water and food. Um, but finding a place to sleep or transportation, that there is where you find difficulty, right? Um, <clears throat> you might need to trade something of value or do a favor. Um, and that's great because a favor is a narrative tool, right? Like pretty much for, you can do a favor for anybody, you know? Um, if you need something, you can offer to do a favor for somebody. Um, everyone has something they need, uh, whether it be cleaning something or hunting something. Um, yeah, you can do a favor instead of money. Um, yeah, I think that's a great that's a great asset Love instead it. of just make like put a dollar amount on everything, you know. Oh my god, I hate I hate I hate pages. I hate pages of like this costs one silver, this costs two silver, this costs three silver. Because here's the thing, here's the, the other the knock that I have on that. Shit costs different things in different places. Like thing, right. it's supply and demand, man. Like just because it's two silver in this part of the world doesn't mean it's not four silver in that part of the world. So no, why give everything in value, the game, bro? You know what? I when and if I make a game, it's going to be the costs is what you're willing to pay 
and what is basically it. Hell yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I very much prefer that. Um, and I like favors because you can like, Oh yeah, you'll do this for me. I, I need this, but I need you to clean out my stable. And like, even that you can narratively, like you can, they can do a check for cleaning the stable in a certain amount of time or without getting themselves dirty. Or like you can do some fun side mission shit. I like that shit. Um, the side mission says exactly it's an adventure seed it's a side quest and since the whole game is the whole game is an exploration game with some combat in it not a combat game side quests are literally the point of the fucking game yeah like you know what i mean so So, favors are i think would be a great gm tool in order to 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 create this uh, side narratives yeah exactly yeah i actually think i might steal that for lost abbots um because it's a travel space western um so that makes a lot of sense um okay cool uh tools and trinkets Tools are basically like our tools that you can use in the game. And there's any amount of tools that you can imagine that they would give us a list. And then trinkets are interesting. Trinkets are special and often magical equipment. Um, they're not always rare, uh, but sometimes they are. Kind of depends on the power. But here's a little small list. So I'm going to pick a trinket and a tool, and I'm going to read off. And you want to do the same? Um, sure. For tools, um, I... Like my Western character, I always play as cookie. Um, so for me, rations, cooking supply, and gasoline is my favorite tool. Um, but for the trinkets, which are fucking cool, um, I like the ghost translator because it's just fucking weird. Um, it's like one of those uh, those little machines they walk around that say words as they're walking around ghost play- things, you know? Like a, like like playing Phasmo, and it's just yeah. like fuck <laughs> off, yeah. He said um, my name. <laughs> Um, I really like, I mean, you know, cause I'm a fantasy boy the magical boons, treasure maps and armor is cool. Cause I like how they said earlier, like in some places it might feel like a little Western and some places it might feel a little bit medievally because that's the technology that they've been able to, to yeah. dig up. Um, and I really like, uh, a small wooden game piece that speaks. Love that. <laughs> what do you Love think that. it You're, you're already talking to say? your goddamn gun. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, uh, it just it just uh, it, it recites uh, chess moves over and over and over again. Um, and uh, as the GM, what the player wouldn't ever know is if they actually sit down and, and play it out, it would be uh, a game. But somebody else is controlling the other piece. And it only says its side of the moves. That's funny. Um, I really like that. Um, cool. Um, cool. So beginning your journey, um, we're going to kind of just skim this part because um, we talked about it a lot before for the um, – also, this page is fantastic. Uh, this spread is fantastic. Both pages. Um, yeah, yeah. The art in this game is really good. It's, it's funny because it's almost kind of understated because it is so sketch-looking. But, like, mm-hmm. I really like the art in this game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so pregame prep. Essentially, you're going to sit down with your players and decide – you know, talk about the backstory of the setting, um, talk about what everyone wants to see in this adventure, um, and then kind of outline the scenario and collaboratively work together to decide what you want to see and how you want to play. Um, after that, one player is going to be the slinger, one's going to be the gun, they're going to fill out the character sheets. Um, and in preparing a table, you're going to shuffle the deck after you remove all the Joker cards. Uh, you're going to place the Joker's face up in the Maestro's cache, um everyone gets a maestro deals a, a each player a five card hand and then draws their own uh players place any pairs face down like we know in their cash 
Um, and the reigning deck sits face down in the middle uh, for everyone to draw from. <clears throat> God, I'm like, I, I'm so, I do, I got so sick last week, man, and I just cannot shake the, the congestion, you know? Are you doing what I told you to do? Um, work out every single day and lift really heavy weights? Yeah, I am. Exactly what actually. I said. Yeah, no, I've been, you know, I've been taking vi- stuff. I, I just took these next. You know, the, the person who's been doing this for a decade, you know, telling you what you're doing. All right, yeah. let's go. Uh, cool. And then we're going to set up questions. Um, and these kind of are just a rehash of what we went over, talking about, like, you know, what does the world look like? What are major landmarks? Like, the twist is omnipresent. Like, what do the beasts looks like, look like? Um, the gun is sentient and magical. Um, how common is this? Like, are there other objects like this? Or is the gun, like... It's the only one. Um, yeah, I, and then it gives us a few questions for the slinger, um, which is, in the last few months, something awoke uh, and now hunts you, which is my favorite part of this game, period, is the slinger is actively hunted, and it is a tool that you can use to push the game forward, and I cannot tell you that is, period, without a doubt, my favorite part of this game. Um, is that something awoke a few months ago and is hunting you. The twist marked and changed you. Um, how did it mark you? You have a trinket from your home you no longer have. Um, you know, what is it? What does it mean to you? And what are you seeking slash what do you fear? Um, and then it has prompts uh, for the gun this time. Um, you weren't always this cold steel body. Uh, who or what are you? What do you remember? Uh, how does your body feel? You may be a weapon, but you're more than that. Um, what else are you a tool for? You were directly connected to magic's global flowing lines and fields, the ley lines of the world. Um, how can you use them to affect your surroundings? Um, and what do you want more than anything else? What do you fear? For gun and slinger, um, where was the gun found? What do you two disagree about? How does sharing each other's thoughts feel? Yeah, so they are telekinetically linked. I mean, I like this because it lets everyone set what their character is and why they're there and what they feel like about being that character. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And they're interesting. Like, both the characters are super interesting. And like, I have a lot of ideas for how the gun would work at my table and what I allow the gun to do, you know, um, because it is a magic tool. Would you, um, would, would you if you got to pick first, would you be slinger or would you be gun? I would be gun. Yeah, of course you would. You're a gun yeah, boy. Yeah, fucking gun. Yeah, it's yeah. my... You're yeah, a yeah. sentient gun. When would I not yeah. fucking pick that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've only said eight times how fucking cool that is. Although, yeah. having said that, the Slinger does have, like, essentially dark yeah. magic they can use through the twist, and that is fucking cool. Um, I, would, I would... I mean, the gun would be cool. I kind of feel like I'd be Slinger, though, so I feel like we could totally do this. Damn, we should have somebody else DM this, then, so our, our be the maestro. Well, it, is, it is maestro-less if we want it to be. Yeah, that's very true. I'd be interested in trying that. Um, cool. Yeah, once you finish flushing out the world, uh, you should collectively discuss um, your adventure's focus. Um, like, you know, what do you want to do in this game? Do you want to defeat the thing that hunts, which is the thing that chases a slinger, which is the coolest part of this fucking game, without a doubt? Um, <laughs> set some end goals. We're, we're, I'm kind of glossing over this, but, you know, set some end goals. Um, you know, if you finish, like, one goal um you know take to take a break and then return for season two it says um let time pass um days weeks or even years um it, it's just, it's collaborative storytelling like you guys need to figure out what you want to do 
how you want to do it, where you are, what the world is like, you know? Do you know, Ryan? Yes, I'm aware. Ryan knows, guys. Uh, yeah. So the player characters. Um, the gun. <clears throat> and there is a very, very cool picture of this fucking Magitech revolver like mm -hmm. on the right hand side and it just looks so cool it's really cool because um, it's got like no barrel it got no barrel um, but i mean kind of but no, it's it it... like dual it's almost like dual barrel with an opening down the middle and i imagine yeah. it's shooting out between that as opposed to out the end of the barrel yeah. yeah spins up a little magic shot you know uh yeah so as the as the gun um you're trapped in this um gun body um the gun is strange. Um, uh, it, it's a weird thing. Like you're unable to move, but you can still move other things um, and speak um, to the world around you. And that's what I really like. I like that the gun can like psychically move things with magic. Um, yeah. And I would definitely play into that as the gun. Um, as the yeah. gun, you're an extension of the slinger's arm, executor of your joined wills. Um, and tied to the world's remaining magic in a man manner rendering you capable of manipulating it. Um, you can interact with the world through the ethereal plane of magic. Um, you don't have, obviously, a body, um, but you're bound to magic and the ley lines that control it, and you can manipulate those. Um, you can interact with supernatural mundane forces. Uh, you can talk to inanimate objects, move things, gauge people's emotions, um yeah. you can Unzip also people's flies well, yeah i would oh absolutely i'd be tired every fly together you know every fly yep. um you can also move by blinking um which is not always accurate but i like that the gun can actually like t short range teleport um to blink flip the deck's top card its value determines how many feet you teleport Yo. so <laughs> one one that's exactly what I was like. you fucking or, or two feet it's two. literally like an arm's length yeah yeah uh um, you basically piss so you're just like fuck it i'm blinking and yeah. like you just move like two feet and drop <laughs> on the ground you're like god damn it uh, okay cool um your connection to magic unlike the slinger you are wholly connected to the world's magical uh remnants not the twist this is the gun is not an element of the twist the gun is magitech essentially mm -hmm. um yeah so the gun has runes carved into it um a rune of tricks and treason can uh could allow uh cheating at cards while a rune of protection and peace could block a bullet in midair um very cool um connection is used when working any magic and is not limited to your ability or is not limited to your abilities anything you'd uh, like to do providing it's connected to your runes and is accomplished uh spending connection uh, not every action done with connection requires a check, but the maestro may request one uh, for something more involved or acting unnoticed. Uh, regaining connection, uh, by resting, you regain half um, connection. And by spending a single... Uh, you, by sp spending a single... Oh, a single card, you regain its value. Like when you, um, when you give a... Yeah. yeah. I'm smart. I you know regain its means. value, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, which is you, very I cool. Mean, just by helping your slinger, you can regain all of your connection because it's capital C connection because that's your the way that you deal use magic. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, the gun's really interesting. I love the gun in this game. I don't know if I've said mm. it enough, but fuck, I love the gun in this game. Um, yeah, moving on, we have this fucking wicked piece of art, which is like this skeletal, like, textbook example of a skeletal hand holding this, like, long red gun. Always uh, handle guns safely. <laughs> um, keep them pointed in a safe direction, such as towards the thing that hunts. Um, I love that. I love it. Uh, the player, the player, the characters, uh, your connection strength. Um, while you can work magic, your powers aren't limitless, obviously. Um, you begin with limited magical strength and you grow and accumulate. So basically, the, your magical ability like grows. At first, you're not very strong magically. You can unlock a door, create a distraction, move small objects. That's your limited, right? Basic magical, simple, thing, th simple things. Complex magic. Um, has greater scope. You could create an effective illusion, operate tech or magic devices, see the unseen. Um, and then final is substantial. Um, you could catch a falling building. Um, you could catch a falling building, uh, blink people out of harm's way, blink alongside the slinger. So you both could fucking blink. Um, <laughs> which is... <laughs> <laughs> Half a step forward. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, very, very, very cool. Um, and once again, great art on this on this spread. I love it. I love it a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, you can perform magic beyond your current connection uh, strength by spending two extra connections per additional strength level. So you can actually uh, go above. You could do um, go above limited to go to complex or substantial, but it's two connection per level. Um, so it's fairly costly. Um, uh, your spirit provides you a unique pull on magic. So you basically get to pick, this is essentially your subclass, agent of trickery, agent of fury, or agent of peace. Um, <coughs> agent of trickery, you invert the world with your connection, pick a random card from the deck, um, causing chaos. Higher card values are beneficial, lower card values turn chaos against you. Um, if the face card is drawn, put it at the bottom and redraw. Agent of fury, um you're all about that rage and flame baby uh pick a random card from the, from the deck the card's value is a pool you divide between targets um and distant distance and feet uh targets nominated be, uh, begin to supernaturally heat if flammable they ignite um if a face card is drawn put it at the bottom of the deck and redraw agent of peace is a uh, protective magic right you pick a random card from the deck as with all of these other ones um and its value uh, is how many seconds the target is shielded from any damage. Once again, the face card's drawn, you put it at the bottom. And then to the right, we have what is effectively the character sheet for the gun. Yep. Uh, um, and this is, uh, I believe, unless I'm completely mistaken, the character sheets in this are done by Will Yost, um, who is the, the mime behind Good Luck Press, who just put out the game Torque, but is also on the um, Brain Trust podcast with uh, Adam Bass. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Character sheets, the character sheet's super functional. Honestly, like, mm -hmm. you could not read the character creation portions, and you could just read the character sheet, and you have a really good idea of what you could do. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, would you like to read the slinger? I would love to. I was actually going to say, since you're the gun boy, I can be a slinger boy. Um, 
But yes, the Slinger. Uh, great piece of art on the side. You are a wanderer without a home, seeking something in the twisted world. At some point, the twist marked you, granting supernatural abilities and strange senses, which is interesting. The gun is magical. The Slinger is twisted. Yeah. Which I love. I love that. Another reason I'd be Slinger, you'd be good. Um... You must be careful with them, lest you succumb to the twist's thrall. Being marked, you're hunted by a strange, horrifying creature, the twist designed. You may not know initially, but the thing that hunts is after you and you alone. You are torn between the strange and mundane. Will you give in to a noble powers before finding answers? So you have a twist-touched nature. Uh, you start relatively clean with manageable twist marks on your soul, but... Uh, much as you like to maintain that, it's simply unlikely. You use twist to protect yourself, utilize your words, and activate special abilities. So how the gun uses connection, um, the slinger uses their twist nature to do things. Um, as your twist track fills, you lose yourself to the twist, never to be freed. You transform into a monster, abandoning the gun. This is functionally permanent death. So you do not want your twist track to completely fill. You can remove marked twist by resting, which removes half your twist, performing selfless acts, which removes the twist, or spending two braids, which removes the twist. And we'll get to braids later. I like that um, performing a selfless act, like a human thing. Being a human pulls you back towards your humanity a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could do like a, like someone, uh, like a favor and just be like, I don't need, you know, don't what, yeah. you know, don't pay for that. Do whatever. Um, being marked by the twist changed you physically. And psychically, how does it manifest? You have a sense that others don't. What is it? A sense for weather, a sense for magic, or a sense for evil? Um, and an ancient word is etched into your mind. What is it? This is a word that reflects, predicts, and aids you. Use it by getting one twist. Uh, the use's form is mutable and determined when used. A word of guiding, a word of courage, a word of rage, a word of hiding, a word of fear, or a word of hope. So you need to pick those things. Yeah, and I think uh, it's, it's a word of guidance uh, or a word of hiding or maybe because it says it's mutable um and i don't quite remember actually so we'll see uh yeah i think you would basically picking you pick it's one of those six things oh okay so you have all oh yeah okay cool so you get to pick i believe it's just one this is a word that reflects so i would pick a sense for evil um and a word for probably fear that's what i'd go with let's have a dark oh, yeah. let's have a dark session scary um, boy yeah. So uh, going on to the character sheet and the three uh, abilities you can get, uh, you can pull on your ties of the twist to perform strange magical feats. You choose one move. Um, using it adds one twist, much like how the gun adds one connection or cost a connection. Um, the A lucky one. You can call upon the twist to act as the lady luck, pushing things just a bit further when things are rough. When placing yourself in danger, you may pay with two mismatched cards from your hand. Their total is a pool of points to improve checks until exhausted or danger passes. I love that. So basically, yeah. you just flip two cards over, and any of your checks, if you're a little short, you can pull out of that pool. Um, now you don't, is the next ability. You pull the twist close, gathering it, and shifting your form. Um, pick a random card from the deck. Its value is the number of minutes you can turn invisible for, but you still make noise. Face card, put on the bottom. Um, and then Desperate Gambit. You make a bet with a twist. If you win, you gain power. So you and the maestro, or the other player, um, each place a card from your hand face down, then reveal them. If yours has a higher value, you succeed at the current check and draw a card. Both 
spent cards are discarded. I love that. It's basically another, it's a way to do a bargain that you can actually win at, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. There's a lot yeah. of really cool stuff in this game. This game is very cool, you know? It's got a lot of cool stuff. It does have a lot of cool stuff. Um, I'm not going to lie. I still really want to play the card aspect of it to feel yeah. how I feel about the cards. Um, but I do think it's clearly, clearly, thoroughly thought out. Yeah. You know? They played this game. Um, yeah. Once or twice. Um, uh, character, player, and advancement. So, Braids... And I'm curious why braids um, are how you advance. Braids represent character and player growth as a physical object. Your experiences create combining twist, magic, and knowledge. With focus, they grant strength and material goods by integrating them into your body. Some wear them like a badge of honor. Others keep them half-mindedly hooked onto their bags or sell them to braid keepers for a pretty chunk of change. Um, the question is, where do you keep them? What form do they take? You gain braids by acting according to your agendas and runes. Um, I believe, uh, yeah. Um, and completing noteworthy tasks. You always gain a braid when failing a check, which is interesting. Um, we'll have a discussion sometime about advancement on failing instead of successes. Um, I would yeah. love your opinion on that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, you know, I mean, failing is experience, you know? Yeah, but so is succeeding. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, the maestro may give you braids as they see fit. Uh, at the end of a session, answer the following together and mark a braid for each. Did you barely make it out alive? Did your legend grow? Did you create avoidable trouble for yourself? Did you learn the world's deeper secrets? Bunch of braids. Um, do you want to go over spinning braids? Yeah. Mm. Spinning braids. Uh, so, um, for five braids, uh, you can create a new trinket or tool. Uh, where is it from? What does it do? How does it change you? Um, declare a new fact about the surrounding world. I love that. You can spend braids and just be like, this is how the world works. This is how this thing works in the world. And like, God, I wish my players would just fucking do that sometimes. Um, like, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Go wild. Um, 10 braids. Uh, give yourself a new stat starting at zero. Um, how does it reflect uh, your changing? What does it mean? So you can just make up a stat. Um, and yeah, uh, there's even what's cool too is there's even uh, three blank spots on the yeah, character sheet already. On the character you can just make up stats, <laughs> and I would make you make up like not just like deception. You you have to do like a light on your toes. I've been around like a whole yeah. thing. Love that. Love that. Yeah, yeah I yeah, I love that. Um, uh, boo -boo -boo -boo. oh yeah, grant yourself a new ability move. Uh, ability move or other character specific ability. Um, either select one from the character stats list or create a new one. Also great. For 15 braids, you can raise uh, a stat by one to a maximum of three. Um, how was this aspect strengthened? Uh, gun spins braids to um, strengthen their connection. Um, advancements co uh, costs are uh, limited to complex is 10 braids. So going from limited magic to complex is 10. From complex to substantial is 15. Gaining a new rune. Um, is the cost of is the current rune plus two um i think that means like if you have three runes to yeah. go up is five and then it's if five. you have yeah. yeah so if you have one it's three for the first one um the slinger spins braids two gain a new sense um causes the current senses so plus two um raise their twist capacity which is extremely useful um mm -hmm. 
but it's the current capacity plus three. So it can be quite expensive. Um, removing twist marks, um, two braids per mark, and discovering a new word, which is just words plus one. Um, yeah, so braids are very useful. Yeah, cool. Uh, moving forward. So we're going to not read the Maestro's Toolkit all the way through, because if you want to read this and know how to run the game, you should buy this book. Um, yeah, and we've read a lot of it. To yeah, you. definitely like the the Maestro's Toolkit GM. Like it, it's a lot of really cool tips on um, uh, like difficulty and things like that. I I actually, you've read through this. We're not going to read it, but you've read through this, right? Uh yes, I have. This super fucking helpful to understand yeah, the game a little bit better. Super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but we are going to stop at my favorite part of this entire game, which is uh the thing. Thing that hunts. The yeah. thing that hunts. Um, the thing that hunts, um, <clears throat> it's something connected to the twist that hunts the duo. More specifically, it's, it hunts the slinger, you know, it is the slinger's beast. Um, the thing that hunts is con is a constant threat antagonist that creates pressure and raises the stakes simply by existing, uh, during setup, you'll roughly sketch its nature and expand it through play. Almost everything about this entity is unique to your game but it always connects to the slinger gun and the twist. It isn't strictly the twist agent, but it, it's always malicious. Um, yeah, I love it. And, and, and it kind of goes over how to use it with the jokers, which the maestro pulls and puts as their cash. We're not really going to read through all that because we've read through a lot of this already, um, but it's, it's a great tool to push your characters forward and create tension. Especially in a game, that's mostly about exploration where you might get stuck in some side quests or just like kind of taking it easy, you know, like, okay, well it's coming. You see it coming. You hear the mm. storm coming. You can sense yeah. it approaching you. Um, well, yeah. that's, that's one thing I do like about this section <laughs> is that it, it says like, if you show the bad guy too much, you lose fear of the bad guy. Right. So you can, Jaws. you should have it like brew on the horizon or maybe see its actions, not really see it, which, which helps with the thing. And to go back two pages real quick, based on that too, the f there are maestro face card moves just like there are player face right. card moves that are really interesting um and the moves are mostly narrative things which yes. i really really love like separate the gun and slinger is one love that um it's not like a specific like you know the like draw three cards or whatever like and i really like that the maestros are narrative while the players are more mechanical yeah yeah i really yeah, yeah. it's it's um it, i think I, I think that this is a very, very good game. Like, I know we're not sure about the card rules because we don't have context for it, but, like, it just seems great. Um, we're also not going to go through scenarios and starting points because, once again, buy the book. This is like every other time we don't go through the scenario parts, buy the book, you know? Um, mm. There are a lot of really, really good scenarios. Um, mm. uh, we also have the options and expansions. Um there's the, my, like uh, this, the maestro less the gun, letting the gun shape shift. Letting the gun shape shift. Letting the gun so shape cool. shift. Yeah. So cool. Um, like um, I 100 would give my character a gun. Like like let the gun after earn the ability to transform into a sword. Like he yeah. even has a stat for like pretty sharp for a gun. You know, like yeah. you're a sword. A damn sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're oh, so sharp. sharp yeah. That you're a, you're such a sharp gun. You're a sword. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would 100% let that happen. I would actually let my gun earn the right to 
create like a, a, a person form as well. Like they might not be able to interact with things, but like they can create a person like holographic magic image. You know what I mean? Um, That's interesting. Kind of let them feel as if they have a body for yes. a little bit. Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting too, especially the way you play it out. Like, did you just create this body? Is this an image of the body you used to have? Yeah. Like, you tell me. Do you yeah. even know where the image comes from? You know? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and that's um, actually the end of the main book, but there are three stretch goal games in the back that are offshoots from Gunslinger. And I think we're going to cover just one of them today. Which um, one do you, I know, I think you said Demon, which I obviously love. Sword and actually, Bear is really good too. Sword and Bear is great, but Demon is actually my favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's my favorite too. So, I mean, um, sword, and, sword and Bear is but, great. And it's mm -hmm. a, you were literally like a swordsman in a sprawling city um, that has a sentient sword, and the setting's really beautiful. And it kind of has this dichotomy between like nature um, and this gigantic city. And I really enjoy that. Um, but we should go. Well, over I really to like it because it gives you that little twist. Just real quick to touch other two. Um, there's the nature, and then there's everything outside, or there's a city and everything outside of nature. But the nature right. is. Um, insidious nature is yes. like evil in that one and it's trying to get into the city kind of um yeah, so i really to, like it, that it one it breeds horrible beasts that try to like are trying yeah. to like like destroy civilization you know and i will say one thing that we did talk about this um i actually felt that the setting for sword and bear was much tighter than the setting than the actual gun and slinger setting yeah um, well, there's less in it you know hmm yeah, I'd say, I'd so say you it mean, was tighter. Well, it's this contained city. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I also, I think that um, there's a lot of Gun and Slinger that's very, like, like open. And I felt like Sword yes. and Bear, like, narrowed it in a little bit better, which I, I kind of like a little bit narrow. Yeah. Um, and then Mech and, the other one is uh, Mech and Pilot, um, which is really cool, where... I like that. You're like a, it's like a living Mech, you know? It's like it's a, a living like, Mech. It's like a, yeah. I think they call it, like, a god machine like it's like literally mm. um and, and the thing about these is that all of these have um i believe they all have their own character sheets um with their own abilities for mm. um all of these different yeah. variations um, they're, so if you're, like, they're completely a, different games so yeah. if you're like oh gun and slinger is not really like what i want but i really like, like the idea of the system and this really narrative driven play and like <clears throat> like the sword and bear is great uh mech and pilot's awesome and very like techie yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of Giver a little bit. Yeah. You were, so what was that? Giver. What's, what's Giver? Do you know Giver? It's like a this alien thing comes down, but it's kind of like a bio mech suit that attaches to this kid. You never watched Giver? Was that like a late nineties or early nineties movie? Yeah, and like I think comic book and everything. Anyway, yeah. So basically what he was saying, um, well he Googles that, is if 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 the kind of western weird twisting isn't your thing, Sword and Barrow gives you a fantasy version, Mech and Pilot gives you like a like a tech version, and we're gonna go over the oh, demon real quick. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna go over demon because I just like how astronomical so they make the demon's power sound. You know? Yeah. And the cover, dude, the fucking cover. It's got the symbol on the front and then these two hands kind of wrapped around it, kind of coming out of the sky that looks almost demonic. But then you realize it's these like just like um, like uh, long fingernailed, almost claw like yeah. hands. So cool. And that there's even like a in the middle, yeah. you know, 
Oh yeah, the twist symbol. Well, it's like the moon. It's like a pale moon, but it's got the ah. symbol on it. And then underneath it, you see this like broken down like mech thing. Bottom left. Oh yeah, yeah, the red thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at yeah, the next page. So already. dope. Yeah. Anyway, go for it. The demon. <laughs> um. Yeah. The the. De- oh, I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> well, I can do the demon if you want me to do uh, the demon. Yeah, listen, you're 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 the demon boy. Um, All right. I'll go for it. Go for it, demon boy. You're the edge right. warrior. Got it here. Hey, listen, sorry you, you little bitch. Um, <laughs> there, ex- there exists uh, terrible and powerful beings able to consume entire fortresses in a single bite, rend an ocean in two, or even fly into the void to make foul concert with the moon itself. Out here banging moons. Um, there's only one word to describe them. Demon. Uh, no one knows where demons come from. All we have are stories, but really... When do we have anything else? Some say they're foul creatures designed by the twist. Others, they were born before the first star. Some even entertain there's only one true demon. We merely watch its reflections. The stories all agree demons are fearsome, whispering, beckoning. They come bearing gifts and honeyed words. They can really, uh, then they can really have fun when you let your guards down. Uh, Luckily, these beings are rare. Um, Do you know anyone that's even met one? You don't need to worry about demons. They probably aren't real, right? Right? Aren't they? No, no. Right. I I love, and we're about to go over the agendas, but like we can just talk about these agendas because like what is great about this is it flips on the head. It's no longer the gun and sling are working together. The demon and the demon is actively trying to convince the possessed person to rely on their power. Um, So it's almost become, it's almost adversarial. You're still working together, but the demon wants um, to be released and be an agent of chaos, you know, and the possessed is trying to not succumb to being yeah. possessed. But they can at times. You know what this yes. reminds me of? And again, I know we reference things, but that's how humans work. We that's label okay, yeah. and contextualize things. This is fucking Sukuna and Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, absolutely. What hundo. Yeah, like, bargain with me, baby. Let me out for two minutes. Yeah. Come on, I got you. Um, so the demon agenda is, yeah, tempt your possessed into increasingly relying on you while being chaos's agent. Tries, the possessed tries not to succumb to the urges to help the demon um, and both learn about each other while staying safe, perhaps growing in the process. Or fucking everything up. Um, so there are some fun setup prompts. Um, this section uses possessed uh, uses possessed as a stand-in for any playbook paired with the demon, but generally assumes you are slinger, bearer, or pilot, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. That you could be any of those things because the 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 thing with sword and bear is there's a setting. The thing with mech and pilot is there's kind of a setting. But demon, there's not really a setting. No, it's, it's just wherever. the characters. Yeah, yeah. And you can pick any of the. Uh, you could pick slinger, bear, or pilot, or do whatever you want. So um, for the table, um, use gunner singers questions where replace the fifth question with demons are unusual and feared, and their binding marks are possessed. What form does the mark on the possessed binding take? How society react when seeing it? As in, Suka's tattoos are on, on the thing's face. Except, real quick, again, side noting a side note, like we've done a million times. Did you know that the marks on Tsukuna's face are for the reader only? And that in world, they aren't there? It's just so we, as the reader or the viewer, I did not know, know that, really. when Tsukuna... Yeah, it's just like how Demon Slayers, like all of the animation that actually makes it a decent anime because it's actually trash. Um, it's all fake. It doesn't exist. Um, it is uh, representations of sword forms and don't exist within the world. So if you're watching like Sad Cryboy or um, the one that sleeps too much, um, all of the cool animation, the other the the characters in the world don't see that. It's it's representative. 
Anyway, Sukuna's tattoos don't exist. So, for the demon, before you were bound in the possessed, you freely roamed the land. What did you destroy? What did you build? Um, you do not think like any mortal. Your time scales are in centuries, not years. How do you feel about this temporary situation? I really like that. It's just like, huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm in this a body for like maybe right 20 this years. Is a, this is a blink yeah. in my fucking yeah. eye. I am eternal. I am forever. Love that. Uh, you're a creature of uncertain origin and murky ability. What are your favorite lies about where you are from or what you can or can't do? Um, and what do you fear most? What do you love? I, who, I, the author for this, because it's not um, Nevin Holmes, um, is Adira Slattery. Uh, I really think that she... Um, some of these questions, I'm like, yes, I would not have thought of this question. And it really digs to the heart. You know what I mean? I love that. Like, yeah. what are your favorite lies about where you are from or what you can do? I love that. Because if I live for a million years and I was this powerful, I would love to hear what people say about me. What are the rumors? What are the stories my existence has spun off? Like, what are the folklores and fairy tales? I'm so all knowing, cool. you know? Yeah. I see everything. And I, and I love this piece of art of this this guy with the glowing eyes and the demon kind of like coming out of like a wound demon. in his wrist oh oh so good um so the demon you are trapped in a prison of bones and blood it's unfair and truth you are ageless being a fundamental cosmic power being contained is unusual boring on on unnatural but really what is natural these days the possessed is now your vehicle to explore and experience the world through um or <coughs> experience the world through them you may exert your will you are voiceless but not powerless and you will be heard um so the demon stats obviously it's very similar to um uh like the gun and everything so you get three things you get um joyous fury which is you are cackling murder you are cackling murder and gleeful power Hundred words and gifts. You are a corrupting force, able to say what others want to hear and two wide smile you are almost comforting but not quite um and your demon, uh, you spend braids to drink deep of their dreams. You gain a free use of their dreams ability each session for five braids. Gain further free uses for ten braids each. And you gain a new title spending braids. The cost is a current title plus two. And we'll get into what the titles and stuff are. Um, unleashing. The demon cannot be unleashed unless both the demon and possessed agree to make it so. So good. Um, the possessed must make a declaration invoking the demon by name. This declaration must Hell be phrased yeah. in such a manner, right? Demon, destroy my enemies, or demon, get me out of here. They can be as vague or specific as the possessed wishes, but only a few words. And I'll tell you right now. Oh, I would fuck with that. That's a that's a genie's wish right there. That's a it's a paw. genie's wish. You better be real specific. Yeah, I would that'd be fucking. When with you, you. I would be absolutely yeah. <laughs> when you let out a being of cosmic power. Um, this kind of yeah. and this picture and this phrase Demon get me out of here oh you got it i'm gonna destroy this entire town to make sure yeah. that we're we get out of here it's like oh. yeah but when when i saw this thing on the side here where it said you are an ageless being a fundamental cosmic power and then the demon coming out of the sky is blue i got like an evil like a genie and aladdin mm. vibe yeah. hardcore um the demon's body materializes and can affect the world as they see fit um as long as they obey the declaration's letter. The demon is encouraged to flex their cosmic muscles, destroying mountains and drinking lakes if it achieves achieves that, a possessed that part. That part I'm like, mm. oh, this demon is like when you when you summon it, it's like unbelievably god tier power. Like drinking Hardcore. lakes and destroying mountains. You're like, oh fuck. Like yeah. you can really go ham with this shit. Cosmic fucking power, dude. Before commencing, both draw a card, making any new pairs. 
Unleashing is always a blind pave with difficulty based on how many keys the demon possesses, but situationally it can be easier or harder. Um, so you come up with your true name. There is a title you hold that people whisper in fear of night. What is it? And there's some really cool options. Moonsinger, yeah. Lord of Far Waters, Night Tyrant, Teeth Eater, Bringer of Cold Memory, The Dust Between. I'm teeth going eater. Night Tyrant or Teeth Eater, man. Oh, teeth Hardcore. Eater for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Night Tyrant's um, a good one too. Uh, but this is one of those things. I mean, you can just start looking up fucking Lovecraftian. You bet. You know, the thing that hunts. I mean, imagine if the demon is the thing that hunts. Oh, yeah. And what if, what if, what if you. A, I, I would still put a thing that hunts in this, and it was like an angelic. It was an angelic being or another demon, you know? But what if, what if you play a game of Gun and Slinger, and at the end, the thing that hunts catches you, destroying your gun, possessing you, and it becomes a game of demon? Ooh, that'd be really cool. <laughs> um, the demon starts with two keys. So keys are like uh, connections or twist marks. Um, they gain keys as follows. The possessed complimenting or needing them. The possessed requesting their opinion. The possessed invoking your title or story for personal gain. They lose a key whenever they fail to be unleashed. Love that. Um, another Will Yopes character sheet. It, it's exactly like the other ones. Very, yeah. um, very usable. Um, so demonic dreams, your desires provide you a unique outlook. Choose a dream ability and it costs one keeps. So dreams of fear, you live for the sudden gasping shout that has no choice but to become a scream. Pick a random card from the deck, depending a uh, deepening shadows as terrifying sights appear. Higher values are beneficial, lower um, lowers turn their apparitions against you. If a face card is drawn, put it at the bottom and redraw. Uh, dreams of stillness. You will not be happy until everything finally stops. Pick a random card from the deck. The card's value is a pool you divide between targets and distance and feet. Targets nominated begin to supernaturally cool, freezing if possible. If a face card is drawn, put it at the bottom, blah, blah. Dreams of darkness. You wish nothing more than to let go of the world and drift into the void. Pick a random card from the deck. A visible target becomes invisible for value minutes. If a card is drawn, put it at the bottom of the deck. This is the only part of the demon that I'm not like the hugest fan yeah. of. Because all three of those are just reskin powers from previous things up top. Yeah. Like every single one of them. The invisibility, the yeah. cooling instead of heating. Um, and then the top one is very broad. Deepening shadows as terrifying sights appear. Um, so I, that's a completely narrative thing. Um, but I think there's something like that up in the other ones too. Um, I think you could come up with a little uh, some other better demonic abilities. Um, I couldn't off the top of my head. Um, and I'm not saying these are bad by any shot's imagination. No, I just think it's the weakest part. Yeah, I think it's the weakest part of, of a, otherwise a really, really cool variation of the game. Um, and that's literally all the demon is because it's just, it's not a setting. It's not yeah. even necessarily a full game. It's just a replacement for the gun, basically. And it even yeah. says, it, there is no player option, like slinger options, because it straight up says, use the ones from the other games. You could either be a slinger, a pilot, or a um, bear, uh, or a bear, and instead of having a gun, a mech, or a sword, you just have um, a demon possessing you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, that's gun and slinger, baby. Gun and slinger, baby. So uh, we are going to kick over um, to the review page. You ready for this? I'm so ready for this. I can I was do this. Born ready. Okay. 
So to <clears throat> quick rundown, like we always do, the way that we review things, the way that we give numbers uh, to to quantify our opinions of this game, it's five things. It's art and style, layout and function, rule set and crunch, originality and value. We give a score out of 10 to each one for a max score of 50. Um, art and style is literally the art that is in the game um, and the style of the art that's used throughout, if it's consistent and things like that. Layout and function is... Um, not like the design of the layout. That's more the art and style. It's the readability of the layout. Um, it's it's the how easy it is to read the page. Function right. is things like um, hyperlink PDFs and uh, the ease of which um, reading through the game is is uh, rule it set is. and crunch is if it's a unique rule set, um, is it good? Um, if it's an adapted rule set, how well is it adapted? Crunch is, does it feel like the amount of rules and all the stuff that goes into the game, um, does it feel appropriate? If it says rules light, is it rules light? Basically, is it not shadow run? Um, originality is exactly what it sounds like, and it's a very broad open category. Originality in the setting, in the lore, in the mechanics, all those kind of things, those are all kind of brought into this in general. And value, we've talked about this before, and people have questioned why we use it. It's because if a game is too expensive, we can't play it. If we got to pay $50 for the book, and then $30 for the PDF, and then like $15 for the fucking VTT, you are pricing people out of your game. So, and not only that, it is the bang for your buck. What all do you get for the money that you spent? Does it come with character sheets? Does it come with VTT assets? Does it come with, are there uh, generators online? Things like that. Um, what all do you get for the money that you spend for the game? So, art and style. We talked about it a bunch. Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, oh let me bring really... up the... It's Go ahead, but I'm going to bring up the old ones so that we can reference them like we yeah, always do. Uh, it's got a really uh, unique style that fits the game and reinforces like the, the, the kind of tone of the game. And the art's super consistent. It's page by page. And even when you go into the um, the added content, there's still art on every single page. Um, I have, the art's really good, and there's a lot of it. It's definitely not an art book. Um, no, no, it's not Mark Park by any stretch. But I um, would say that for me, the art is like, you know, it's like an eight. You know, it's a strong eight. Um, I think I like the art um when we talk about and again we have to give ourselves context for this stuff um over the blues got a nine uh it's not quite over the blues so warp lane and necronalis got nines right so it's definitely not yeah. a nine and it's not a 10 because that's mark Borg. so eights are into the odd um casket land and yeah so uh, into the odd is like our, our is uh, is our eight i think i, I think I think it's there. I think it's it's in line with that. You think it's in line with in, so I uh, so I guess I mean, my yeah, only might need, might need to be bumped a little bit because it's got some really cool full page pieces. This is lacking with really cool full page pieces. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so Warpland is the other nine. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, eight. Uh, we eight. looked at um, what else got an eight? Forbidden Song got an eight. Nova got a seven. <laughs> Um, Viking Death Squad got a nine. What else got a seven? Uh, Red Giant got a seven. I think that's because it didn't have a lot of art. Arc yeah, got a seven a because it's really inconsistent. Um, I don't know. Troika got a seven. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing: is I like the art. I think it's really cool. I think the layout is really cool. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think I, an eight, I think I've... it sounds like it's an eight, but based on everything else we rated as well. 
All right, I'll 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 go I'll go I'll go eight on this. Um. Oh no, that is not. Oh, I almost changed the wrong thing. So we'll go uh eight for art on this. All right. Uh, layout and function. So. No hyperlinks, no bookmarks. It's not bookmarked right. at all, right? I mean, it's not. I know it's not hyperlinked, but it's actually not bookmarked either, right? I just want to make sure that it's not. Uh, no. So no hyperlinks, no bookmarks. Those are automatically big knocks. I mean, it's 20. I don't know when this book came out. Um, but in a digital world, uh, like we've said that that's really important. Um, there's references in the book to other pages, and those aren't hyperlinked at all. Um, so those are points off automatically for us. Um, I I think it's readable. It's super readable. It's super, super readable. readable. It'd be really hard to reference it, though, you know? Yeah. So scroll through um, and reference points. Like, it'd be really hard to do that because it's just – it's super readable, um, but pretty much it's just text on pages. The headings are good, um, and the order is is pretty good. I would put some of, like, the, the – uh, like uh touchstones a little bit higher um, i would i would put the touchstones very early like i think that would have helped like me when i was first reading it like absorb a little bit better to be like right, ah, i yeah. totally get this a little bit more um like for like for example like i said i felt like sword and bearer was um obviously it's not as broad of a setting it's a little bit more focused on the setting but i felt like i was able to understand that setting a lot faster um, it was a little bit crisper in the way that it kind of delivered it. Um, yeah. I will say index wise, it's very thorough. It's like yes. super thorough. If you the look at the index, tell you like almost page by page, yeah. like there's very few pages. Yeah. Um, but it's not hyperlinked. I mean, that, and that kills me. The indexes yeah. can be as, as big as it wants, but, so um, it, what have we given a seven to before, uh, for layout and function? Yeah. Uh, we're playing out a six because it wasn't hyperlinked and it was pretty hard to navigate. And I don't even know if it had an index. Um, this is better than that, I think. Forbidden Psalm, I think for the same reason. Uh, Viking Death Squad actually got a seven because I also don't think that it was hyperlinked and it was very similar. Um, Nova got an eight because it was hyperlinked. 12 Years got an eight because it was hyperlinked. Kingdoms got a six. This feels more kingdomsy to me, except we, we no, knocked King off some points because there was some headers and it was headers. hard to find information. This is better yeah. than kingdoms for sure. And I, I would kingdoms. put this right. I would put this right around Forbidden Psalm. I would say it's about a seven to me. Yeah, I think a seven's good for this one. Okay. Um, okay, so here's 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 one that's gonna be interesting. Rule set and crunch. Uh crunch wise. I don't I don't think there's too much. I think uh no, I think it's perfect. I don't think there's for no. I, I think it has a unique rule set that I think is really cool and that gets out of the way of storytelling, you know? Yeah. And I love rules that get out of the way of telling the story, you know? I don't think it not only gets out of the way of telling the story, I think the rules actively uh, encourage storytelling, which is really, really nice. It's not that storytelling is like a... Um, Like, like the game that we all know I'm talking about, there's three pillars, right? And it's RP and combat. No, it's, it's, it's a game. It is one pillars. game. It's one game is what it needs to be. And this feels like one game. Yeah, this does, absolutely. In, 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 in no real specific way that I'll be able to quantify the, the game in my head that this reminds me kind of the most of, not mechanically or anything, is Into the Odd. It's an exploration game that has combat. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? Very true. As opposed to like anything else. And the point is the narrative, and I don't feel like the combat gets in the way. Um, and I feel like there's plenty of ways to bring social situations in and use the mechanics. Um, again, we don't know how it works, how well balanced it is, or anything like that. Because you know me, I hate I hate just a, a D20. I like a little yeah. bit more consistency in the like abilities. It seems like he knows what it's doing, though. There's you're always playing two cards, very consistent expectations. Like I, I would say personally, without playing, I think that this rule set's probably an eight. You know, it oh, pushes, yeah. it pushes the story. It's simple and easy to understand, but also like because of face cards and what the maestro can do, it's still very variable. You know, and you can use. Like instead of just a dice roll kind of thing, what happens? You can use what cards you have in your hands to dictate where the story goes. Yeah, you know what? A couple of things here. One, you know, we gave Necronilus an eight, and I really think that should be a nine. In retrospect, because when I look at the number of eights that we have, Red Giant was an eight, uh, Mothership was an eight, Orbital Blues was an eight. Um, I think that I think that Necronalis should be bumped up one, but I do think that this is definitely an eight. This actually might That's be what a I, nine after playing it, but I'm not after sure. After play it. But yeah, I do think because 12 years got a nine. I think Necronalis yeah. should be bumped up to a nine because this does feel like an eight, and I think Necronalis is is better than this. Um cool. I'll give it and that. more interesting and unique. Okay. Um so yeah. So we're gonna go uh eight for this. Yeah. Um, also, doesn't use dice. He uses fucking playing cards. You know, so cool. He uses I do like Go that. Fish and Blackjack. Mm -hmm. So originality. I mean, when we talk about the setting, not only I mean, there's four games or th there's yeah. three games plus an extra option with the demon. Um, but I haven't played another game that's kind of like Gunsling. That's like uh, Dark Tower or yeah. like Trigun, not in the yeah. same way because it's not space western like Orbital Blues. No, is. but it could be. But it also could be like classical west with a gun and there, there's a lot of stuff you can do could be a lot of things know? but also yeah. the, also again using go fish and blackjack as your mechanics and it actually making sense and i feel like teched on i yeah. think there's a lot of really good originality in this um when you look at I, other I scores is, i think this is like maybe like a nine for originality mm -hmm. for me um so 12 years got an eight kingdom's got a nine I think this is more um, unique than than Twelve Year. I mean, I love Twelve Year. Don't get me wrong, but like, it is a fantasy adventure um, with Faye, and like, that's not not that it's not unique at all. But this right. is like super standalone. Plus, you have to like the addition of the other things in the back that you can do. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know because I mean, part of the reason that we gave um, Twelve Years an eight is also that it's because the originality isn't just like the lore and stuff like that it's how unique those rules are which are like insanely cool and interesting and well done i think and the this mechanics has insanely of unique rules so i'm kind of I'm 12 years and go fish or i'm sorry it's 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 go fish and 20 and and and, and blackjack yeah i mean they yeah, i mean it's not like the they created a whole new blackjack but what i'm saying is if you look at 12 years like that's a completely unique amazing rule set that was basically built from scratch versus this where they adapted go fish in 21 to the game you know what i mean i don't know to me i mean it I, feels... i'm comfortable with an eight but i'm voting for a nine okay um i mean hunter had to desperately pee real quick and he gave his opinion and then left it up to me so i'm gonna say eight um, and then we are going to go to, uh, value. 
Um, so when we talk about value, we talk about what you get for the game. Uh, so let's look at um, the cost of the game um, and where you can get it. So uh, gun and slinger. Um, let's go to this one because I believe it's the actual website. So it is $40 for the game, which includes the PDF. Um, product includes a digital version delivered separately, secure link to download. Da, 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 da. Yep. So it is a soft cover book. Uh, you get the Sigil of the Twist sticker. Ooh. Okay. So just so we can say this now, we've talked about it a couple of times. The Sigil of the Twist that's on the cover. Fucking super cool logo. I don't know who made that. Um, if it was Nevin or um, somebody else. Um, uh, and shout out to those other people real quick. Layout of the original game, Senta Posadas, editing Fiona Maeve Geist, uh, original interior art, Emma Harvey, cover art, uh, Say, uh, Sadia Bias. Um, I'm sorry if I say your name is wrong. And character sheets, Will Yopst. Um, whoever did the uh, the twist sigil, good fucking yeah. work. Super yeah, dope. Amazing. Super dope. Um, and then, oh, uh, also, if you go to the webpage, uh, Donoberry, their page, you can scroll to the bottom and guess who did they did an actual play with? No way. <laughs> yep, plus one EXP. Fucking just so funny. Um, in a good way, of course. Like, like love to no, watch yeah, those. We, love it's to just see funny because we were just talking about how much we like those guys. So. Yeah. Uh, so, um, forty dollars for the book. It's kind of expensive for a soft cover book. Um. You do, really though, nice book. if you buy it from the website, you do get the PDF and the twist sticker. Did you get the twist sticker? I did not get the twist sticker. What, what website? I bought it off Exalted. This is Dino Bear, which I, I believe is is uh, Nevin Holmes' website. Maybe, oh. I'm, maybe, maybe I'm making that up. Um, but yeah, if you get it from there, you get the twist sticker. So if, if I do get the physical version of this, I'm definitely getting that swing in the twist sticker. Um, but I mean, it's a nice book, but it's $40, which is slightly... I think what we said... How, how many pages is it total? Um, including the addition to the back, it's 156. Oh, okay, so about it. We, like one, 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 120. I mean, because it, it's not a zine. Um, I think that's slightly expensive. Um, I think we said 35 for digital is about. Um, but also, I mean, it's 100 and something pages, but the pages are not very dense. It also I mean? has Sword and Bear and Mech and Pilot in it which really extends it and even the demon which can switch out extends it to yeah. yeah 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 you do get i i <laughs> do think that that's a lot of content i i would say that the the bonus content definitely wipes out any anything for that little extra yeah, i think the bonus extra. content if it did not have the bonus content i think it'd really suffer but yeah, like yeah, yeah. we didn't even um, touch on the mech and pilot at all and that's a whole other world in game you know oh yeah well yeah well i mean so was so weird and bear too i mean yeah absolutely um, but we touched and on if that, you get it so yeah and oh yeah yeah touch just just give it a little touch touch just a little touch um uh, oh wait a minute bro if you get it from the website not only do you get the three inch twist sticker that's a decent size sticker you get a uh five by seven art print Ooh, really yeah. sorry what's the what website uh dino i'll i'll just i'll, I'll drop it I'll in the put chat it. there you go uh dinoberryjam.com um come in what the hell was that 
Oh, I have no idea. Uh, so for $40, it's not just the book. It's a sticker and an art print with the PDF and the soft cover. That's dope. So that gets bonus points there. Um, but I think that's about it. Um, I can only imagine that there's a, a... Does this have a third-party license? It doesn't list it anywhere. Oh, no, it does. License under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0, which means you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you say that um, it is uh, attributed to this. So um, license... And then if you buy it from the website, uh, sticker of the cool symbol that we really love, art print, book, and thing with the bonus games in the back, I think this is pretty solid. I think yeah, this is do. pretty solid. Um, I um, What else did we give some stuff that got some stuff? I mean, the average, what got an eight? Like one game got an eight, and that was ARC. But that's because there's a shitload of extras with it, like a bunch of free shit. I would I would put this um, five is average. I think that the art print and all the stuff gives it a slight bit above average. I agree. Um, what do you think? Six or seven? Orbital Blue's I got a six. Se- I think seven, including the additional games in the back. Kingdom's got a seven. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I think I think average, maybe slightly higher than average cost. Then you throw in art print and stickers, bumps it up from a five to a six, and then extra games in the back bumps it up from six to a seven. I'm solid with that. So, Damn, I, and I, for on Exalted, I paid forty dollars for it, and I did not get the art print sticker. Yeah, it's about you gotta, art. you gotta, yeah, you gotta look at all the the options out there. So, um, let's see if this will be like our fifth thirty-eight in a row. Um, eight plus seven plus eight plus eight plus seven, bro. <laughs> That's so funny. It's dude. Everything's a thirty-eight. It's so interesting though that like the the scores, like when you actually look at, again, when we're looking at this, never just look at the total score. That's just a way that we can quantify in our head. Look at the things yeah, that are important to in a game. Sports, like yeah. like scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because we've had like four thirty-eights in a row or whatever, but there's not one that had the same numbers all the way through. Um, but clearly, one thing that's good about this is all seven eights, which means consistency. It's consistently, yeah, it's, it's consistently a good game. Absolutely, and I think that I really enjoyed going through this. Like, it's a really cool game. Like, yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I, I think I said this to you too. I, I do like it. And when you said like it's not necessarily your your game, um, it's dark. It's I think it's a lot darker yeah. than the initial flip through kind of um, gave give the sense for it. Um, I it's wish like the potential to be pretty dark. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I do wish, though. I wish there was there were more monsters in it than the two. I wish there was more examples. Maybe a little bit of an extra like bestiary section or something like that. I know it's kind of like do whatever you want, but I do like yeah. a little bit more structure than that. That if, if I have one knock on this game at all, it's that me personally, for me, and again, not for like the game in general, but for me personally, I do like a little bit more structure, and that's why I thought Sword and Bear felt a little bit tighter. Um, because yeah, it gives true. a little bit more direction. See, I'm the, um, I actually like less structure and I like it more open because I'm going to do whatever I, you and I are, this is, you and I are always on the opposite of this. Like you do like the immersion yeah, yeah. structure and I'm like, no, I don't want you to tell me too many things because I'm going to do whatever I want to do with this. Um, right. And I like having a bunch <laughs> of lore because I like being able to adapt that lore or work within it. So right. yeah, we are definitely, again, we, we are, 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 um, whatever it's called when you're two circles and there's a crossover is probably, I would say like 85% crossover and that extra 15% for each of us on, in my 15% of that section, that's not crossed over. It's wanting just a little bit. It's wanting structure with freedom and yeah. you just want freedom. 
to yes. just whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, so totally get why you really like this. And I'm not saying I, I do really like this. It's super interesting. I want to play this really bad. I wouldn't mind a little bit more structure. And I think that Mech and Pilot and Sword and Bear do actually give you just a little yeah, bit more structure. Yeah, they definitely narrow the scope of it. So yeah, just a bit, just a bit. And I, that's all I want is just a tiny bit yeah. more, just a tiny bit more. Um, but also though, I mean, when you do read the scenarios and stuff in the back, it does, it, it gives you a little bit more context for the things that, um, for the, for the intent. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think this fits right in with a lot of the games that we've been doing. I mean, here's the thing. Um, we're i highly doubt we're ever gonna have a score lower than like 30 well we just don't because, re, we just only do games that we want to do so well that, yeah i mean it's not even just games that we want to do it's realistically like i've read games that are bad um i don't want to do for two reasons i don't want to do like game of, a thing but a bad game on the thing and even the games that are really good i know we we nitpick at it but that's to like pull out all of the, the yeah. things you know what i mean it's to like try to find all the little cracks and fissures and stuff like that um and i just don't want to talk shit on someone's game yeah me too so. you know what i mean so like i can't we're never gonna have an episode where we're like man like for the most part um man this really sucks um i definitely do have games that i'm like i'm not gonna bring this up because we're not gonna go hard, hardcore. i'm gonna dig into it so yep hardcore because we don't want to be those people like i really like people spent time and money and effort to put this out um, and we're not going to be the people on a podcast that just like rip into something too hard. Like, again, I will devil's advocate and I'll pick and I'll pull at parts of it to really try to like, yeah, get all of it. But I'm never going to just going to sit here and like super talk shit or try yeah. not to, um, super talk shit on some stuff. So long story short, um, final thoughts on this. I really like it. It's really interesting. I, I wasn't sold when I first read through it and I even texted you about it. We talked about it, gave it another read through and reading through it again. Um, the more times I read it, the more I like it, the more I want to yeah, play it. It grows yeah. on you. You're like, oh, this is really cool. And like, I, I just, I love how much the rules push the story, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and I also like that the more you read it, kind of the more you understand the rules a little bit. Because the first yeah. read through, I'm like, I have fuck totally. if I really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you just said, I like that the more you understand the rules, the more it's very, very clear that Nevin Holmes um, thought a fuckload about it. And like I said, yes. it is just go fish in 21. But it's one of those things that we said with the rules that like, how well do you adapt it? It's I think it's super fucking well adapted to it. I think yeah. like to put those things in it and to make it as intricate yet simple and elegant as he did. Um, uh, well fucking done. So. Yeah, absolutely yeah. um so that is that's gun and slinger baby that is gun and slinger one last thing that i do want to talk about a little bit tell um me. and we'll kick we'll kick to uh another window Bro, real tell quick. me i want to hear it dog what are we talking about um so uh i don't i'm not gonna talk about it too much but we'll go back to oh yeah did i tell you i got y2k by adam bass finally Oh, I don't know if I've got my physical version yet. Oh, I actually just bought a physical version of Y2K. Oh, so I backed it so I would get I would get ah. um I would get a version. So um one of the things, and we didn't talk about this at the beginning, so I'll bring it up right now real quick. Nevin Holmes has another project actually out. Um oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that either. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is called oh, yeah. Just a Car. Yeah. Um, it is a uh 
Uh, it is go. a mystery game of courtroom drama for four players. Um, it is. I am not sure when it is going to be launched, um, but you should absolutely click this. Um, I know I'm pretty sure uh, someone who we both know and enjoy, Tony Vicinda, has already uh, done something on this um, for plus one uh, EXP. Anyway, Nevin Holmes. Great game, awesome stuff. Just a car coming to Kickstarter soon. It is a uh, drama, uh, THRG mystery game of courtroom drama. Um, find it on Kickstarter. Um, it is project slash in homes slash just a car. And that's all I got. Uh, I don't think we are heading out to anybody. So I need to go to bed. Hunter, uh, super appreciate it. As always, you're the man. Farewell. Thanks for bringing this game up. Um, I'm glad you thought uh, I wouldn't like it and then convinced me otherwise because it is awesome. It's a good one. Well, goodbye, everyone. Bye.